Welcome back, everybody, to the Precision Unloaded podcast, episode 56, the end of year edition, the finale, or final, some would say. Uh, you're once again joined by Graham and Mark, your regular hosts. And we, uh, as promised, we have the superstar Anthony Colley on once again. Uh, believe it or not, it's not hard to get him on a podcast. Um, he, he pretty much comes on every single one. So, uh, welcome back, Anthony. <laughs> Cheers, how's it going? Not bad. So, Mark is here too, but he's muted. He's probably um, sucking on some prunes or something. Um, tonight's period. <laughs> tonight's episode, we're going to no, be... No, I'm here. He's, I'm here. Oh, he's here? Okay, he's out of prunes. Um, he'll have a boss coffee and an OSM ready to go. Um, tonight's episode, we're going to just real briefly, like super cliche, talk about some of the shit from the previous year. You know, it's a real easy piece of content to make. <laughs> but uh, just some of the different comps, favourites, um, ones we did bad at, righty right. But the main topic is Anthony Colley's trip to the USA for the PRS final. <clears throat> uh, we're gonna Are we going to call this episode um, From Hero to Zero, Anthony? What's the name yep. of this? Yeah, 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 just fire in with that. <laughs> no, I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Um, just a bit of a, yeah. How did uh, you know, Graham? You weren't there. I, mean, I wasn't there. No, I've seen some <laughs> wicked selfies get sent back oh. from, from America. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, most of us, we've been taking it pretty easy over the last couple of months, but you've been doing much shooting, Collie, since we last talked? Mm, nah, not really. It's just, um, ooh, when did we last talk? A couple of weeks ago? Nah, basically none. Just a little bit of um, testing with the 33XC and... That's better, mm. bugger all. Yep, yep. What about you, Anthony? Uh, Mark? <laughs> uh, I went seeker hunting. Have I talked about that? No. No, we haven't talked about that. Maybe we'll do yeah. another one because I went a few deer hunts. It's not that interesting. Not really. Um, you could probably listen to our old seeker hunting episode. It's, ex- it's essentially the same trip. <coughs> and uh, we shot a red deer for the first time up top, so that was good. Oh, yes, yes, yes. For some reason, there's random uh, deer popping up everywhere. Darren with the mighty 3006 at 425 metres. Yep. He was a bit nervous, but uh, smacked it. Didn't even, died where it sat. Oh, yeah, I'll chuck a picture up in the podcast. Yeah, anyway, it was about an eight-pointer eight probably. He was in velvet, so. Yeah. And he just turned up out of the blue, so I'm not sure where he came from. But So, so for a lot of the listeners have been to a sim- the same property. That um, the deal was shot on at uh, TD. Um, not normally so if, something. If anyone knows my that. farm, yeah. yeah, basically where the mile target was, he was down to the left of that. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, coincidentally, with a random fellow spiker was hanging out a month ago. Yeah. Who the goat shooters blew away. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, so as for myself, um, not a lot, but of three hundred three. Really, that's it. Um, and uh, just a lot. Actually, a lot of three hundred three. We did a big training session with them yesterday. I've got a bit of a sore shoulder now. Yeah. I thought we ever thought a sore vocal cord because you guys were just talking the whole time I was there. So yeah, we're out of ammo by the time you turned up. Ah, oh, right. right. Yeah, maybe that's why we couldn't. We're no good hunting because we're just talking shit the whole time. Yeah, true. Yeah. Anyway, so not a lot going on in the shooting world currently, which is nice because we all need a break as we've uh, elaborated on. But um, we'll touch on what's coming up in the future uh, towards the end of this episode. But so. Over the past year, um, again, we're not going to talk about fucking ages, but um, Mark, your favourite competition we shot? Uh, the... you, can't, you, can, you automatically can't say our ones, because that's just biased. Is it? Yeah. Oh, um, the Steel Storm. Steel Storm, Auckland? Yep. 
Yep. Uh, it was good improvement over the first one, and uh, there was yeah, it was a good good fun shoot. And, and you um, come third. Yeah, an yep. open class. Yep. 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 Um, yeah, so yeah, my result there was alright too. So that was my first time with that setup, the way it is now. So it was good mm, and okay. performed just as good. And my other favourite comp, Tarata Speed versus Position, where I defeated you two. I mean, oh, uh, you but, did, you did. Yes, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's a tie for. But that's you know that's a pretty rare rare occurrence. <laughs> well, funnily enough, one of the questions coming up is worst performance. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um. worst. <laughs> I've, I've got too many to mention. Um. Okay, so, so, so what, mine would be. So, be, what was your best performance of the year? Like, maybe not just a result, but where you thought you shot well. No, just the the uh, seven rounds I fired at the mile. So there you go. Oh, when you won. Yes. Yeah. You you actually beat Anthony that day. Too. First round impact. So you know that yeah. I was happy for the rest of the year for that. So. I don't. Has uh, it, although some people are harassing you about pre-doping your gun, but are, are you the <laughs> only one to have got first round at the mile? Yes. Yeah, I don't remember anyone else doing that. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty important. Never, never happened again. So, no, and so for those who are harassing him, he, he did some practice early in the week and couldn't hit the fucking target. So, so uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, so, All uh, I had written down was my best guess of where I should start. Yeah, he just got... I, it was a, a bit of luck, and um, I know the wind gods were in his favour. Um, worst performance, Mark, where you just flat out, like, either gear or you... Probably more so you shit the bed, like, mentally. Uh, pew, pew. Oh, P10. Yeah. 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 About 18th or something. Yeah, it wasn't your best day. Um, no, I just didn't handle some of those multi-target stages very well. Yeah. yeah. Which is... Did, were you running the BDC that day? You ran, No, you weren't. You ran the nope. Aries, weren't you? No, I wasn't. Yeah, I was yeah. the BTR. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I remember you passing you at some point during the day, Mark, and said, oh, how are you getting on? And you're like, fucking shit, and just kept walking. <laughs> Okay. It's probably after. <laughs> it was probably after I cleared the limits rack, and then they told me I hadn't, and I'd already got up. I was like, "Ah, oh, I don't care. I'm yep. Keep walking." <laughs> you know, you can just mark it as disputed. <laughs> no, that costs twenty bucks. Um, Not with me. You should oh. ask. You should ask Graham. You should ask Graham about the know your limits rack. Well, that's oh, 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 I'd actually oh. bur- I'd buried that so deep I didn't even think of that. We'll okay. cover that. In, we'll cover that in Graham's worst performance. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Okay. Now. Um, and results for the year. Your good. Um, yeah. What are your good results for your Podiums, etc. Wins. Uh, I don't the know, one I mile shootout. The one mile. I got third in the two d three on the Sunday. The practical two d three. You beat yeah. and that you beat like a lot of the cream of the crop there. So that was probably oh, yeah. your best practical performance. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um. Then oh we had a, yeah now we had enjoyed the long range challenge but I think we got about fifth in our class or something. Um, Carl long range challenge. Desert oh, Jewel. Desert Jewel. Desert Jewel. Yep. Yep. And other than that, no, that's battle, really. Not a huge list like Anthony, no doubt we'll have. No, I had a few, what did I get? 22 matches, so I got two third up there, fifth down there. Yeah, so. Other than that. Not no, bad. I felt, I felt I, oh, I don't know, was on an upward improvement towards the end of the year, so it's all right. Yep. Something to build on, on to other people. Okay, so well, okay, we might as well do me second because um, yeah, Anthony's course. will take like thirty minutes. Oh, can, can can I ask how you? Can I ask you the questions, you can, then, you, Graham? Yes, because you yes, have this list yes. in front of you. Talk to me. Yes. Okay. Right, Graham. How, what was your favourite comp for the year? 
Oh, that's that's a great question, Anthony. Um, Thank don't you. Don't delay. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna. Ooh, I'm gonna split it kind of for venue. I'm gonna say pew pew. Can't break it. Venue. It no, I mean that was great. <laughs> no, because it was it was, a, it was a really cool mix of steep terrain and scrub, and it was it had a bit of how tapu feel to it, and a bit of Tarata feel, and it was it was it was cool. I'd say that my favourite venue is pew pew. Again, a match we obviously played a big part in. Um, but my favourite comp, or probably Tirada, probably the teams match at Tirada. Oh, well, you took my title. No, 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 teams match. I come second. Oh, teams match. Me, oh, sorry, yeah. Wes and I come second. So that's, yes, that's that's two second places to some people. Um, uh, yeah, that'd be my. F- yeah, that was probably the coolest. Um, and then the close second would be yeah. Desert Jewel. Just because of the whole invo- the, the 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 weather and the where you are and the challenge, okay. yeah. yeah. Carry on, Anthony. Very good, Graham. Um, best performance of the year. Uh, Toronto Practical Sunday. Uh probably two to three. Oh. No, no. Well, I say that just because of the amount of people I beat, but as for shooting good even with a few issues would have been Tarada on the Sunday yeah the practical rifle yeah yeah okay Tarada now my favourite question your worst <laughs> performance for the year Stay. <laughs> okay uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to say the 22 match at Tarada the other day because there's several things there but um, probably stage 7 at Pew Pew where I couldn't where I had, you had the most accurate gun on the day and I couldn't hit a giant target <laughs> Yeah. What's your dope? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Um, yeah, so just not to just just hashing up the dope and not, and even though it looked wrong, not double checking to hard data and and then um, I wouldn't have won the match, but I would have probably had a comfortable second. So that was the the biggest disappointment was yeah round one at PP of the twenty two series. Yeah, yeah, by, by far. It's hamstrungy for the rest of the series, really. Oh, they had nothing to do with my poor performance around three, but it was. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like but yeah, that, until that point, man, it was a, it was a, a, we're shooting good that day. So, worst performance by a long shot. Yeah. Right, and results for the year. Results for the year, notable results. I got to get this in before you because it doesn't sound nearly as good once we read yours out. Uh, <laughs> so, our TD practical rifle, uh, practical two to three first. GPRE barrel burner first practical class pre-roll third but I, I still dispute that I didn't win that one so put an asterisk next to it <laughs> Desert Jewel teams we got second and baby Magnum Wes and I uh, the Winter Blast second practical nine lives 22 first and open class Steel Torm 22 first and open Tarada teams second Wes and I and Tarada individual first and practical that was my notable results of 2022. Pretty, pretty happy. I'm pretty happy with it. It's um, pretty good year. Uh, well, by f- I mean, I had my first ever like legitimate like big shoot win was December last year, and then so pretty happy. So five first. That's yeah, it's five. Um, and a, yeah, a couple where I would have I think a couple dumb things would have had another couple wins, but everyone can say that, can't they? Um, Tirada teams, we weren't catching you guys at Tirada teams, even if we didn't muck up a few things. So, but yeah, happy with the season. I would have liked 
yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, ha- I'm not, I'm not going to say all anymore. I'm happy with what I achieved this year. It was um, like if like before you existed, Anthony. That like I'd be on one news for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd have a fucking. There'd be a, if I lived in Tika Woody, there'd be a fucking statue of me. But I mean, it's just yeah, you've sort of fucked that up. <laughs> sorry, <Yeah. laughs> no, you're not fucking sorry. <laughs> Yeah. No, but uh, all in all, we're really. Uh... Yeah, it's almost like you're celebrating crossing Cook Strait, and whereas Anthony just circumnavigated the world in comparison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 we kind of did too, didn't we, traveling around? Um, <clears throat> but you know, and not just uh, we. There was a lot of work in the background for those results too. Um, a lot of a uh, lot of training sessions with people, the people I would consider the best trainers in New Zealand. Um, private sessions stuff like that and and different styles um you know so there was a lot of work went in to a fuckload of rounds down range um big sessions so anyway it's good yeah i went the opposite track well you didn't you didn't come to the training sessions no exactly <laughs> you're too busy too busy um too busy doing nothing <laughs> yeah just sit, sitting down the road until we're done <laughs> all right so so okay anthony favorite competition 2022 Right. So that's, you, you, like I said, that could be venue, whatever, course I'm, of fire. I'm, I'm breaking this down. I'm going against uh, the actual format here. I'm going to break it down to four categories for each thing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Sorry. Just, Tactical just, division, ladies, just do, seniors. Just, 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 do, just doing what I want here. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> um, so I've got, I've got to break everything down to overseas, north, south, and teams. So my favourite overseas match was a Tassie match. Yeah. Oh, is this so, a don't, don't offend everyone list? Anyway, go on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Inclusive. Yes. Um, favourite teams match, Desert Jewel, because yep. that was just, uh, you know, epic. And, and you guys and, ruined everybody too. Can't, can't get better yeah. than that for a teams match. It was yeah. just cool. Big guns, hard conditions, yeah, agreed. Uh, favourite North Island match, I'm going to say Tirada for both days. Yep. Because um, it's first time I've actually... Well, yeah, last year. We, well, last year was the first time I shot Torada, but obviously we missed out on the second day because of the weather. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole weekend this year was just bloody cool. Hey, so. question: If you had have won anything at Ahtiti back in February, would we have been your favourite match? Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Carry on, carry on. No, you would have. Been. No, no. <laughs> no, good. No, Torada is a staple in the um, North Island. That's yeah. Agreed. Yes, like obvious, obviously how my personal performances uh, have a big part in, in the favourite match. <laughs> so RTD is well down the list, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and favourite match in the south was probably the two-day Boundary Creek with the 2-3 d on the second day. I, quite, I just like that format of having 2-3 yep. the second day. Uh, yeah, so that's about it. That's my four for that. So... Best performance of the year. We're like, right. and like Breaking obviously into four categories. Taking four categories. <laughs> it will be like where yeah. it's, and it's not just like it was an easy course of fire and like shot everything, but like you know, challenging match where you did really well. <gasps> that match you shot a hundred percent. No, no, okay. <laughs> no. Um, obviously, the best uh, best performance and takes the category for the best overseas one is obviously the Aussie final. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, agreed. Um, agreed. Competition for, level, yeah, target size, for, conditions. Yep. For everything. Um, yeah. It'd be a shock. Ready for this. Yeah, it'd be a shock for anything else. Um, best performance for teams 
Teams match probably Tarada again. Um, and yeah, the individual matches can't quite decide for the North. I would, um, even though this is you giving your opinion on your result, I would say your best team's result would be Desert Jewel. Yeah. Like those conditions were fucking gnarly, man. Like, that's, Are you talking about the first Tarata though? No, Tarata, just the other. The, the, the Cinefire was- match. It was like six oh. weeks ago, Mark. Yeah, I know, no, no, but I thought because if you added the other Tarata that got rained out, that nah, first nah. day there yeah. you were really... Oh, okay. Okay. That was last year. Yeah, it was last year. I thought you might have stretched it out. No, no. No, because if we stretched nah. it out, I'd add another win onto my tally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you like that. the conditions at Desert Jewel were just madness, right? Yeah, no, you could be right. I didn't actually think that I shot that well at... Um, at Desert Jewel, like, I shot better. I shot better. I I I personally shot better at Tarada because at Desert Jewel, like we, I still had stuff up. Like, I still had mistakes. Like on the first stage, I can see what day, I can see what you're saying. When it's, when it's I, I dialed the yeah, I dialed the wrong way on the yeah. stage one for Windows and ended up missing like five mils to the right, and I couldn't work it out. And then I was like, oh fuck, I've dialed the wind yeah. the wrong way. So although we shot, yeah, mm-hmm. we did well, and I didn't shoot well. That's a good point. There was, I mean, I've talked before, but there was people who come away with like one hit for their team for the day. Not like just one team, like several teams, I think. Yeah, so. a gruelling, challenging match, probably you wouldn't consider a highlight in terms of the way you shot, put it that way. As a, as no. a rough rule. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'd done everything perfectly, but yeah, yeah. We, had, we had issues, so... Um, but the odds are stacked against you from, from doing it. Like, yeah, uh, it was the... Obviously, it was my favourite match, but in terms of performance, no. Nah. No, not for teams. I think for the teams match, one where I shot the best in teams match was at Tarada in terms of yeah, yeah. everything, communication, yeah. data. Yeah. I didn't have one thing that I thought, shit, I could have done that better. Apart from the apart spinner. From, apart from the spinner. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, punch holes in it. Oh, shit, sorry, sorry. I've got, got a jab where I can, Mark. Fuck. Yeah, okay. Right <laughs> hey, hey, we're still one, so whatever. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm bloody, I can't quite work, pin, pinpoint my sort of best performance in the north, but probably at, um, in the south it was the second day of that Boundary Creek match when I was shooting 2-3. to three. I just found it really hard to miss. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was just really good. It was the best I've shot in a long time. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Um, but in the north, yeah, I can't, yeah, I don't know. I'll just leave it blank. Can't make up my mind. But, you shot yeah. well at, I will say, uh Tickerangi 22. Yeah. And a yep. match where, yep. like an improvement over last year in the shooting style and, and uh, those skills you lacked, you, you, you practiced and learned and um, and you didn't win, but you got fuck, pretty close. But am I, am I picking a theme year? here where you, where you wouldn't put 22 victories on the same level? No, in, I in a, in a broad yeah. sense? Yeah? No, yeah. no, I would, yeah. 22 yeah. is just yeah. as good. No, I know, probably... but I can I just get the impression that you'd probably take a really good Cinefire win as being a a bit. Oh, I don't know, whatever. Mark, me and you can't a, afford a, to split a, up Cinefire and twenty two. Achieve... No, I know because that'd just take away all the results. <laughs> no, it, it, it comes down to a really good win for me. Like if I win by massive margin. Um, compared to winning by one or two hits in a super competitive 22 <clears throat> match, I'd put more weighting on that, probably. 
Because yeah. it's yeah. the 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 twenty two results are always closer. Um Yeah. Than the centerfire results for me. Uh and obviously you can't I can't get the obviously yeah, there's a lot of things stacked against me in the twenty two that I have more of an advantage of in the centerfire like yeah. um in in terms of you can't uh like you can't really do anything with the twenty two. What you've got your ammo that you're using, and yeah, you can pick better ammo. But you, then you, that's where you stop. You can't just keep testing and fine tuning it, and yeah, um, you know, working on the load so it just shoots amazing like you can with the centerfire. And that's always one thing that I sort of um, always make sure that I, well, in my mind, I think I've got an advantage on the day in centerfire match because. I think I just yeah I just have the mindset that well no one's gun will outshoot my one, mm, yep. um, so as long as I'm breaking good shots it's going to hit the target and I've and I'm doing other stuff right as well. But on the, with a twenty two it comes down to a whole lot of other factors. You know it's the actual you know it's, and there's a whole other skill set um, that's more heavily implemented in twenty two with the unsupported and, and yeah yeah more so than the centerfire. Yeah. So. Yeah, depend. Yeah, so that I weight them the same, but I'd put if it was a close twenty-two win over a big centerfire win, like big margin, I'd rank the twenty-two higher, probably. If that makes sense. Okay, so anyway, worst worst performance for the year. Um, I'm gonna break this into four worst performances. Oh no. <laughs> I've, I have. I don't think four. he has. I don't, does he have four bad ones? I do. I have got. I've got four. I, we can, I've got a lot. We could give him six from Ahatiti. Yeah, I've got a lot. <laughs> I could just list. I could just list all of them as Ahatiti. Um, Ahatiti's definitely my worst North Island weekend. Like three days of shooting was just bad. Um, I've never seen people look so worried as when you walked up to the getting ready for the one mile. I was heading up to the one k, but you're walking up with that XC. Like purpose built ELR gun, everyone's just like, "Oh no, look at this count!" And then we never but, heard uh, about it ever again. Well, and to be fair, like that gun, <laughs> I've never, I've never told the story of our private testing session with me and Mark at RTD, and I, I probably won't either. <laughs> no, no. But like Mark was there to witness it, like that yeah. thing, man, yeah. that should have yeah. just that mile should have just been. Well, I'm going to add a little caveat in here. <laughs> Not the 1.6k target was shot either. It was a different target, different part of the farm, much further. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 much better <laughs> accuracy. Uh, Man, yeah. that thing was on. Yeah, and that's before I went down to King of the Range, and it abs- yeah. it hammered down it was there exactly like four and a half, five weeks before. Yeah, yeah, and then um, no, it all fallen to bits. But <laughs> Um, yeah, so all of the classes for all three days at RTD were a horrible disappointment. So that's my worst, one of my worst. Um, uh, probably the two-day gore match in February down south. That was bloody not great either. And obviously the, uh, well, it's not really a performance, but the just the biggest disappointment as a whole for a year and it'll lead in quite nicely into the main topic of the podcast, was the US trip. Yes. So that was the biggest. But as a performance, not too bad, but just horribly disappointing for reasons which we will no doubt be forced to relive shortly. (laughs) 
for the last time, though. People don't have to ask about it anymore. They can just listen to this. Fuck. That was the 23rd of January we did that uh, 33XC testing. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at the photos the other day. Yeah. Yeah, man, did it go good too. Holy shit. It did. (laughs) Never mind. It'll be it'll be just as good this year. Don't worry, she's revamped. And you'll burn the Ooh. throat out just in time for a seventh <laughs> well, place. Well, I'm a little bit worried about the powder I've switched to may actually do that, so we'll just shut up about it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Bad luck. All right. Yeah. Okay. No. So by all means, obviously. Now, actually, I nearly, I nearly, nearly missed it. Um, oh. Probably on purpose. Re- results for the year. Everyone, sit down. Get your coffee. Put your feet up and listen. Do I have get, to start, read them? Start, yeah, fuck yeah. Start with thirds and seconds. What the fuck? I thought I just no, had to give an overview. Oh, overview, shit. Overview. Overview. Yeah, oh. overview. Just an overview would be <clears throat> fine, will not you can, you can type it all up later, Graham. No one's but, got that much. No one's got that much time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you go for it, buddy. Um. Oh, no, pretty average, really. Just, yeah. Shitty. <laughs> Couple of wins, couple yeah. of placings. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, could have done better. Yukons. <clears throat> um, so match summary for the year: twenty nine matches total, and that's not including side shoots or anything like that. It's twenty nine proper matches. Yeah. Uh, Seventeen wins, six seconds, two thirds for a total of twenty five out of twenty nine podiums. Not bad. <sighs> yes, can't say I've seen. Much better. <clears throat> Shit. So that so that's not including like um side matches. Now if you had a won any of our side matches, would you have included them? Nah. <laughs> you fuck you, you would have. <laughs> nah, I dunno. I would have put them in a... Because I haven't included a side match in anything. No. Um I would have made a subcategory for those. <laughs> but yeah. Otherwise otherwise you end up with like fucking 35 matches but so that's obviously I've counted the two days of, uh, t- like the Saturday and then the, the 2 to 3 matches a separate day and yeah what yep. do you end up in that you end up 5th or 6th uh, yeah 5th or something yep. yeah 5th or something yep. tied 5th tied yeah um, yeah the, yeah 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 stop talking about RT you've got horrible memories from me right out <laughs> no no it'll be fine this year <laughs> No, no, you'll be fine. Yeah, you will be. Weather's looking good. Yeah, and we um, we've got the, the the agreement down for bribes. I just got to shoot another big stag with you, and you can win whatever you want. Nah, oh, <laughs> I'll just I'll just win legitimately. And you don't have to take me hunting. <laughs> it'll be it'll be way easier to do that. <laughs> Are you gonna shoot that stag? Oh fuck! Oh, let's run away. <laughs> <laughs> nah, hey, I, we do need to say though, congratulations on that as a year. That's um. I don't, I mean, it's only a young sport museum, but I don't recall anyone ever doing anything like that. And also, you're the only one who's done international to that level of seriousness, so congratulations. Yeah, cheers. Well, I mean, one of those victories is the the PRS final in Australia. You know, that's um, that's no easy feat. Um, yeah, well, I suppose the overseas results this year with six, six matches, uh, one first, two seconds, and a third Yep. So and then not a, too bad. Like That's three hundred and seventy seventh or something, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, le- oh, probably not even that high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, hey, hey, that's fucking. Yeah, it's awesome. Very, very good. And um, not surprised. Not surprised. Uh, so, any closing thoughts on that, either of you? 
hopefully I can better it next year. Actually, you need to mark down one of yours as illegitimate. Actually, I need to mark down one of mine as illegitimate then too. What? No. I need to mark down a couple of my seconds as illegitimate if we're doing that then. That should have been first, but... <laughs> he, he, he knows who it is. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, milky. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the great um, trip around the world. So you shot the Aussie Paris final, you zipped home, and then you... I don't know, you had a shower and then fucked off to the United States of America. Pretty much. I was home for a day. Yep. Um, got back Monday night from Aussie. was home Tuesday, left early Wednesday morning on my way to the US. So pretty quick turnaround. So basically change gear, clean, grab clean clothes, um, grab another gun and off we go. So this time around, so you're using the 6BRA in Australia, um, you went with the six Creedmoor, yes, for uh, uh, <laughs> which which seemed like this awesome idea um, in the lead up. Yes, but, but we'll, so. we'll, we'll get into that as we get to them, <laughs> as we get to wherever the fuck you went, Canyon. But so you flew over, no issues with the permits. No, no. So yeah, the whole idea, I'll just the brief brief backstory about why I didn't shoot the BR for both was. Um, one, you can only fly with five kilos of ammo, right? And the match in the US was 220 rounds. So um, I didn't... Why, no, I should have taken the BR. That's what I should have done. But So why I didn't take my own ammo for the for the six Creed is because, one, I couldn't take enough. And two, I wasn't sure how hard it was going to be you know, when we were applying for permits to get guns and ammunition into the into the US. And so my initial thought was I was going to send the gun well in advance, um, get ammo over there, and then basically shoot Aussie, come home, literally swap over at the airport in Auckland for gear and stuff like that, and just jump back on a plane and, and go to the US. That was going to be the the original plan so we're sort of gearing up for that because i wasn't sure when we're going to go over um logistics and yeah because it's quite a big drop quite well you know long way to get to where we're shooting in the u.s from any of the major international airports and i wasn't too keen on flying internally around the u.s with a firearm being a non-citizen um i just sort of had a bad feeling that you know, landing in LA, grabbing a rifle, and then flying, jumping back on a plane and having to go through you know, the whole security thing without being a US citizen and then fly to Memphis wasn't going to be, yeah, it had some room to go wrong. <laughs> like the rifle getting confiscated or something stupid. Um, so I thought, I'll oh, we'll send it and then get ammo over there and just have everything waiting at K&M when we landed and it would have been easy. But what I ended up doing was not doing that because we got permits easier than I thought. Um, still went with the factory uh, ammo because I couldn't take enough of my loaded stuff anyway. And flew to Houston and then drove up to, to um, K&M in Tennessee. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, where were we, what were you getting at, Graham? Because I was sort of... 
fucking okay. went off on a tangent. No, then. no, that's, 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 what, <laughs> that's what podcasts are. It's um, so you, okay. So you got over there. You end up flying over with your rifle and no mm. ammo. And you so sorry. You flew into. Do you say Tennessee? Or, what did you say? No, nah, flew to Houston. Sorry, flew to Houston. Yep. So a direct <clears throat> direct flight. Ah, sorry, wasn't a direct flight. We ended up um, flying to LA, then to Houston. Yep. Anyway, because otherwise to fly, there wasn't flights on the day when I needed it to go from L- to get to Memphis. So, um, and I was actually quite keen to drive a little bit and see a little bit of the um, of the country anyway. So, yeah, because I've been there um, a little bit, but sort of only passing through. Yeah, didn't even had the chance to sort of do a fair bit of driving. So, sort of be a good opportunity. Um, so on the ammo thing, because obviously it's going to be a big part of. Uh, the um, outcome of this podcast. Uh, so I tested some Hornady factory 108 ELDM, yeah, their factory match stuff here in New Zealand, and shot one of the um, New Zealand matches with it, and it was fine. Yeah, like I shot a whole match with it a couple of months ago, and we'd got a batch of 160 or something, eight boxes, maybe 200, and it shot real good. Um, was sort of yeah, not too fast. It was three thousand twelve feet per second average, and shot held good vertical at a distance. And with the tuner, with the TMB, I could tune it down to basically one hole. And I was like, well, accuracy wise, it's going to be fine. You know, nothing wrong with it. So I was happy to use the factory ammo in the US. It's not as though we're going over there unknown. Um, so I was like, right, you know, we and some ammo was organised in advance to for us to shoot at K and M. So that was fine. There's no issues getting it knew it was going to be there assumed everything was going to be the same so literally i just flew over with the gun um and so getting the permits through atf for the us is pretty easy it's a one page thing it's not like going to aussie it's literally one page they don't ask you for any id you just put your name put your gun um on it and sign it and email it to them and they emailed me back a week later with a stamped and approved permit and said yep sweet ass bring your gun to the us how good is that very good. No license requirement for like no. you didn't have to produce your New Zealand firearms license. No, nothing. Wow. Why don't... would you have that on a form in America? What's that? Well, they don't have care. licenses. Yeah, I know, but uh, yeah, it's, so it's they, a... they wouldn't even have the concept. Well, they do. No. So they have concealed carry licenses, and different states have licenses for different things. Yada yada yada. <laughs> so they do. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Minor details. Yeah. Um, so it was fine. So we landed in LA, uh, went through the, uh, so three of us went, me, Fraser and Stu, and we're all on the same flight. Um, so we all went through customs together when we got there and same lady dealt with all of us and it was, it was easy, you know, the bag of guns went off to a different area cause they marked us guns. Um, pulled us through to the back room, had a look at them, checked the ser- oh, serial numbers, obviously they checked serial numbers, um, looked at our passports and sent us on our way. So. Pretty um pretty easy. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So I'd definitely do it again. It's um, a lot less hassle than doing the paperwork and stuff for, for Aussie. Now, the other two didn't get their permits back as easily as I did. I, for some reason, got mine in, in a week. One of the other guys took a couple of months to get theirs, and one of the other guys took even longer and had to ring them a couple of times and ended up getting it um, as he was uh, getting on the plane in New Zealand and didn't even have a printed out copy so he was pretty lucky 
to have got it at all and yeah. they wanted photos of his gun and all sorts of shit but I think he just got the wrong person probably a trainee at yeah. ATF or something yeah um, so yeah I had a I had it pretty sweet so I was happy so you think the key yeah. is just getting them in with plenty of time as well yeah I was about yeah I was about six weeks yeah six seven weeks before we were going I got it in um I wanted to apply, obviously, because we sort of had a month uh, time frame if I wanted to send the gun. I had to send it a month in advance. Um, so I was like, right, I'll send the permit six or seven weeks in advance, and if I haven't heard back by a month, where uh, it's going in the post. And Hardy's were just going to send it um, direct to Legacy, and Legacy yep. were going to make sure it ended up at K&M for <coughs> me. So it would have been uh, just as easy. Um well, probably easier than I just could have jumped on the plane. But, yeah, so that was all right. Um, apart from the fact that US is the basically the only country in the world with COVID restrictions now. So Do they still have? Gonna, oh, shit. Yeah, you've got to be double vaxxed and all that shit. And turned up to the airport and they're like, oh, have you done your, I don't even know what it was called, some at, at, attestation form, a US attestation form or something? I said, what the fuck's that to the... In New Zealand lady, and she said, oh, it's like this massive 10-page document about COVID that you've got to fill out. And she said, oh, we have to view it. I said, no, I have not done it. So she gave it to me, and I sort of scribbled all over it and said, yeah, it's done. And she said, yeah, that's fine. So so you, you can take <laughs> you can take a firearm and, and ammo and stuff, one page, no one really cares. But you have to fill in 10 pages for, for the coof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, <laughs> Not that, not that I actually filled it out. I just sort of, as she wasn't looking, look, I just made it look like I was writing, and then just sort of flipped, flipped through it. And she said, "Oh yeah, just keep it in your in your paperwork." And uh, I just have to have seen it. I said, "Yeah, sweet as." I just threw it in the bin in the lounge. <laughs> so <laughs> wasted, waste of time. But obviously, yeah, the vax documents and all that shit. So yeah, kept them with me. Um, Fuck's sake. Yeah. Not knowing whether they'd look it in the US or not, but of course they fucking didn't. Yeah. So it's just I think, a I think you got an easy time. run. You got an easy run, Anthony, because you look like an asylum seeker. So they're like, "Oh, let him in." Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, yeah. yeah. Why don't you walk over the border from Mexico, man? Come on. <laughs> I think we got. Um, we probably got the faster trip through customs because as you go, yeah, up to the little kiosk thing, and you. And they ask you what you're doing here, and, and you say, oh, I'm here to I'm here to shoot. And they're like, yeah, fuck yeah. Away <laughs> <laughs> you go, sir. Yeah. So if you say you're a tourist, they're like, oh, fuck. No. Even in, not, it wasn't, not again. wasn't so bad. Now, when you went into LA, did your firearms stay on the plane? Or did you have to move them to another plane? Uh, we had to pick them up. Oh, and LA wasn't that bad? They're not known nah. as a gun-friendly... No, they were okay. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Again, bolt actions, they probably wouldn't have fuck with that. Yeah. So, okay, so it sounds like you got there pretty easy, um, yeah. considering, just like, I guess, travelling normally would be. Um, now, you, how far did you drove, how far, how long did that take, and how far did you have to drive? Um, well, we got to LA, and then we flew to Houston mm-hmm. later that day, and that wasn't as easy with the firearms, as I was anticipated, um, because we went to Citizens and stuff like that it took a little bit of convincing uh for them to actually because obviously we'd had tickets in place mm. but you you we virtually had no way of telling them we're taking firearms until we're checking in 
Yeah. And so we checked and we're like, oh, we've got firearms. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, let's see your uh, like your registration stuff like that. Well, we don't fucking have it because we're from New Zealand. Yeah. And and so they did, yeah, supervisors were called and stuff like that. And they were x-rayed and inspected by about five different people. And so that's probably the ungun friendly California for you. But um, yeah, once we got to Houston, it was fine. So they came off the plane with no issue, just basically on the... Um, uh, not quite on the baggage carousel, but next to it in the little room, so pretty easy. Picked it up, and yep. so that was a, I don't know, whatever that was, three or four hour flight across to Houston. We got there a little bit at 11 o'clock that night, um, their time. Obviously, changed time zone going from um, LA across to Houston as well, so we lost a couple more hours. Uh, stayed in Houston for the night. Uh, then we had a rental car. Fraser had flown through to Memphis. Um, took another couple of flights and he was meeting us in Memphis the next day. Because he'd booked his itinerary a little bit later than than, um, than I had. And so yeah, me and Stu drove from Houston up to meet, pick up Fraser in Memphis. Which was about 10 hours. And then another couple of hours across to Finger in Tennessee where K&M is. Uh, yeah, so the drive was uneventful. Yeah, I can imagine. Just sort of, yeah, cruised through and enjoyed a bit of scenery and that's about it. Counted all the dead deer all over the road. Man, there's a lot of deer that get hit by cars over there. Just be all whitetail through <laughs> yeah, that area. White, dead whitetail everywhere. Yeah, any good heads on them? Nah, a couple of smaller ones, but yeah. um, nah, they were, they were everywhere too. Yeah. Backstakes? <laughs> nah, you'd probably be alright. Some of them look pretty fresh. You'd have to get special permission, eh, from the local game warden to take a dead animal. For roadkill. Yeah, 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 fuck, yeah. fuck yeah, man. Yeah, because otherwise, like, what you'd do, Mark, is you'd shoot a deer and then you'd run it over and tell them that you'd run it over and then you wouldn't have to have a permit. You could shoot it out of season, right? As, as you do. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so to stop, to stop that happening. Um, you uh, you it does you have to get the game warden involved, I believe. So yeah, um, even if you find a dead, um, yeah. So anyway, I'd circumvent that by becoming the game warden. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. There, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, just trying to remember where we where we went exactly. I think we ended up going. Yeah, I don't know. It was a long drive. <clears throat> Passed drove straight past the Remington factory. There's no point going in there, yeah. is he? No, we what? stopped and spat at the gates. Curse, curse them! Posted notes on the gate saying, "Where are all the primers?" Yeah, we need some. We need some Corlac. <laughs> you got six mil Creedmoor Corlock. I need Corlock. Yeah. <laughs> probably would have been better in hindsight uh, if they uh, made it. They do a ballistic tip now, so they probably would have been ballistic Corlock tip. Corlock yeah. Corlock tipped. Yeah, fuck yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, nothing else really adventurous that happened. We just sort of wanted to get, yeah, just wanted to get to Finger because obviously now we're Thursday. We got there on Wednesday night. Um, uh, so you travelled all day Thursday. And so we arrived in the dark, probably 8 or 9 o'clock uh, Thursday night into Finger. And just had a pretty, yeah, pretty quiet dinner. Checked into our hotel, went to sleep. Um, ready for to rip into it on Friday. So, and so K K and M is 
for those who follow international uh, precision style or PRS or whatever, is quite a, almost like a, when people say golf courses are a waste of a good shooting range, it's, it almost looks like a golf course in some respects, would you say? Oh man, it is, it's some place. Yeah. Uh, like, holy shit, you roll up, you're coming down the road, so we left, um... Oh, mid-morning on Friday, because it's 20 minutes to the range from where we were staying. And, yeah, so you, you're driving around, you obviously you're way out in the countryside, and these little sort of tree-lined country roads, and it just breaks out into this, um, you're going through all this, this sort of wooded area, then it just breaks out into a bit of an open spot, and there's all these um, immaculate sort of black wooden stained fences just lining the roads with all this white gravel, and you could start seeing, uh, well, you know, like shooting props, and it was both that's K and M. We're like, holy shit, look at this place! Like, it looks like you've driven into, um, I don't know, I don't fucking know anything about golf, but what's the flash golf course in New Zealand? It looks like you've just driven into there, you know, uh, like, what, what Manukarihi and Waitra, yeah, 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 probably there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, everything's just so well manicured and not a everything was mowing and there's just this nice white gravel everywhere and the buildings are okay. all new I'll, I'll order some gravel no don't you do yeah that's we'll no, get... pretty that's pretty hard on the knees i'll yeah. tell you that don't <laughs> no, be graveling hay paddocks okay hasn't right. gone well for <laughs> they got this they got this big sort of pond outside the club rooms yes it's it's the club rooms um with a fountain in the middle like you know like <laughs> next level shit you know there's a there's a bar like the shooter's room like with a bar and a big screen tv and leather couches and the pro shop pro That's shop right, and everything yeah. there yeah um, the, the prs casting couch yeah oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's go <laughs> i walked in to register and in the in the pro shop and you just fucking looking at looking around on the walls it's just anything you could want you know there's just this you know it's like kestrels and game changer bags and tripods and literally you know whole guns on the wall um just piles of ammunition just everything that you could want um was there at the range for sale in the in the shop and yeah shit it was you're like oh, sh- crap we're not in uh not in our td now <laughs> well, there's nothing like um poor shooting results to make you buy more expensive gear so it's probably not a bad idea to have that right there when you're at your lowest and you're like yeah, yeah you know what i do need the new 5700 <laughs> to be fair um that's probably not the shoot that they would have sold too much of any gear at no because they're all sponsored <laughs> be, <aren't> they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, everyone doesn't need anything there but um i imagine because obviously they do training courses and stuff there as well so yeah those guys, yeah, they must sell a lot of stuff. But it's a cool concept, you know, that you can just literally go there. If you don't have a bag, I'll just go buy a bag because there's 50 of them on the shelf. Yeah. You know, um, stuff that we just can't get here in New Zealand, even if you want to, you you, know, you can't get it. And they've got 20 of them sitting on the shelf. Mm. Do you buy anything um, at the shop? No. Mean. Um, so now you said, uh, again, I've seen a lot of photos, the props, a lot of them are they're permanent, they're concrete in places, they're uh, like 20 and 40 foot shipping containers stacked up yep. um, with windows cutting them and staircases up on the roofs and 
yeah, all permanent. So it's 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 almost a square range. Would you say? Uh, the ranges are square ranges, but yeah. there's five <clears throat> or six different ranges. Okay. I think. Yeah. I don't think we even went to all of them. They're spread out across the property. The property is sort of undulating. And some of the ranges are flat, like 1,200 metre one down the bottom by the road is dead flat out 1,200 metres. Uh, some of the top ranges you're sort of shooting, you're up high, sort of shooting down onto some flats. Um, so you've got different angles and you know, slight up and down angles and different direction of fire through the day, but only subtly. Yeah. You know, it's not quite 90 degrees, but it might be like 60 degree arc of fire through the um through the different ranges okay um yeah the whole property is dedicated to shooting and the ranges are just separated by these big tree belts um and they're constantly adding on with new stuff and you know, all the props are yeah concrete in place you do not get a you you could drive a car into most of the props and they wouldn't move like they're just rock solid um like still the skill stage two barricade was made out of like four by four steel box section that's concrete into the ground and all welded up you know like yeah it's just amazing jesus um, but i mean a lot like the most of the prs like proper prs stuff like that's that's the game right it's, it's rock solid stuff um and they've just that's obviously the the that's the benchmark level of it there at K and well, if it's, that's if, the home of it. If it's getting, um, uh, well, I mean, a lot of the major matches were held there rather than three around this year, but they, like AG and everything, but they, um, if it's getting used that often, you're not, you know, you, you can have an old 4 by 2 prop or a permanent one that'll last for as long as you need it to, so. That's right. They do a lot of matches there every year, and they do a lot of training there. There's training every second week, and they're like big courses. You know, there's not like yeah, well, not, we don't have it in New Zealand yet, but yeah, um, yeah, they they might host thirty or forty guys for training weekend there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah like every second weekend, it's yeah. huge. Yeah, and there's like you can stay there. There's a bunkhouse for the yeah, you know, like you can stay there and berths to park your RVs and there's instructor lodge, lodges for the instructors to, to stay in and it's uh, like it's massive scale and just I just couldn't believe how immaculate everything was and we got told like at the shooter briefing on Saturday like if uh, yeah, Shannon Kay the director of PRS and the owner of K&M he's like if I come around and see anyone like not picking up their brass or throwing their brass on the ground like you're out it is not the place for that. Like, keep it tidy. Any rubbish, any brass, anything you don't want, go in the bin. Otherwise, take it away with you, or else. So you know, they take massive pride in the in the appearance of it. And it was a cool spot. I love when people leave brass running around because I get to pick up shit I need. Yeah, well, we'll get to that as well in the, <laughs> in the later on, come yeah. match day. Yeah. Um, but so, so the venue yes. obviously very impressive. Uh, essentially the again a more square range yeah quite different from what we see here in new zealand but but looking at the photos very impressive a lot of a lot of money gone into it by the uh yes by the looks yes. um was it expensive the final like as in the the, the admission the, the 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 ticket cost for the uh, i think entry fee was 300 us, 300 US. what's that about 530 bucks or something 
500 yeah yeah yeah. Somewhere there. Yeah. Okay. Not not um, not. It's a lot of money, but it's not mental. <clears throat> no, no, no. For for what they have there, and the facilities and that type of thing, like it's it's. Yeah, and you you and you you're fed as well, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But both days. Uh, we could have been if we wanted to be. Yeah. But it was just the Saturday night, and yeah. the in the end, how it washed up. But um, yeah. So we got there mid morning. Um. Got signed in. Uh, yeah, sort of took it all in a bit. Like had a look around, and what they do is when you sign in, they give you a, a wristband, like a green wristband, like you're going to a festival or something. So basically, that allows you to go down and shoot. And on the Friday, so sign in day, you can do whatever you want. You can use all the props, shoot off anything you want um, at whatever targets you want, apart from on a couple of the ranges, they didn't want you shooting steel, you could only shoot paper, like on the 700 yard range, but on the 1200 yard range, you could shoot whatever you want, check your data, shoot all the targets, because the targets are all permanent (coughs) as well, um, and shoot off any props, do anything you want, burn as much ammo, so, and you've got basically from 11 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon, similar to Aussie, but just with more freedom, and all the props are there. So I had in my mind, I wanted to do, I had three, basically had 300 rounds of this factory Hornady stuff. And I was like, right, well, I want to do like 80 rounds, um, use up like all the spare rounds I've got on the Friday, getting used to the props, getting good data, getting a good zero. Um, cause obviously the scope had just been on my BR and Aussie. So I took, yeah, just slapped it. I didn't even have it on the gun yet. Like I just took it over in my suitcase, so I did re-zero completely, re-zero. Um, tune it for a new batch of ammo with the tuner, you know, and and get data and go from there. So that was going to burn up probably half of those eighty, and then I wanted to get some good practice on some of the props and just get a feel for it, and just shoot shoot away the nerves because <clears throat> a little bit nervous. Not gonna lie, you know, pretty yeah. big, pretty big match, and uh, some pretty big names just wandering around next year. Um, so jump down to well, we, we bumped into Shannon, um, Shannon K. So we stopped and yarned to him for about ten minutes uh, before we got going, and he gave us the rundown, just you know the the rules for the property basically, and said, he, oh, you know, obviously, you sorry, he would have known who you were, obviously. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow, 17 wins. <laughs> no, Very impressive. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no clue at all. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you, you, you're the guys from New Zealand. I'm like, yep, yeah. yep, that's us. And so was was he like, where's your accent from, Anthony? That's not a New Zealand accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why do you have a speech impediment? <laughs> <laughs> not the first time we've heard that, eh? Anyway. No. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yarn to him for a bit. And then, yeah, and he, he yeah, sort of, well, in his mind, obviously tried to prepare me, not me, us. He was like, you know, like, oh, you're going to find this match really hard. It's, it's a really technical match. It's a real mental match. Like, you're going to have to think about, you know, every stage in great detail. And I was like, yeah, boy, like, this is, bring it, you know. Just come off a pretty hectic match in Aussie, feeling sharp. Bring it on, you know, next yeah. level up again. So I was like, yep, well, importance of getting a good zero and good data is more now, so I need to go get into it. So I went and got started. And um, 
literally first round into the gun wooden chamber first and round first round and i thought huh this is did i bring my br <laughs> this is odd <laughs> like the bolt i could push the bolt all the way forward but i could not close it and not easily and i thought what the fuck's going on because i took it over there super clean like i'd scrubbed the shit out of the barrel because it's not the newest barrel yeah i've seen about now uh, 1100 ish rounds before i went and thought you know it'll, it'll be fine I, we scrubbed it out we ball scoped it throat looked okay um yeah we all collectively me dan and ian and uh, everyone agreed that now another 300 rounds is it'll be fine um so you know i thought well maybe i've just left the chamber a bit dirty or something you know it's just a bit sticky so oh well you know, try and force the bolt shut a little bit and sort of got it to start cameo. I was like, right, so let's close it. Bang, got shot away. And it, was, it, it ejected fine. And I thought, okay, must have just been a bit of uh, oil or something in the chamber still. So um, second one in, tight again. I thought, what the fuck's going on here? So shot it. You know, in the meantime, trying to, I'm sort of trying to figure out where I am on the paper as well to get get it zero so got it close and then started shooting groups and every sort of uh you know every 10 rounds i'll be getting one or two that were really really hard to chamber and and the ones that were tight to chamber weren't shooting too good on paper either like a a five shot group if i had the first four i'd have them shooting real good like well under half inch and then if the fifth one was tight it would just sort of put it out of the group enough to be worried about and it sort of was coinciding with the ones that were hard to chamber and i was kept going through the day and thought well, i don't know what's going on i sort of tried to put out of my mind i thought well, maybe maybe there's just some you know still a bit of something in the chamber and it'll just you know go away <laughs> hopefully so i kept shooting kept shooting kept shooting and i was got up to about 60 rounds for the day and I got it zeroed. I got some good data out to out to twelve hundred, and I still had this issue. It was it was going, shooting good, and you get tight one, and it wouldn't. It would just shoot, yeah, you know, somewhere else. And I was like, this is fucking not going away. This is real niggly. And I've done about sixty rounds, and I just had I got one that just would not chamber at all. Um, just could not. The bolt just would not shut, and. You guys have just gone, both gone quiet. You both there, or you muted yourself? We're just right? that. We're just loving your story. Then. We're enthralled. Yeah. I'm getting yeah, into the, the at least one of, of you. Story. At least one of you has to not mute, otherwise it goes dead quiet out <laughs> of my ear. And I think you've gone. Mark, Mark's just trying to figure out how you had four bullets touching and one just next to it, and you weren't happy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's standards, Mark. It's called standards. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, I, I just could not get it to chamber. I just could not, no matter what I did, I was starting to really force the bolt. I thought, no, nah, that's not clever. Don't do that. We won't. We don't want to break anything because um, I'm in America. I can't just drive to the workshop and get a new bolt. Um, so I thought, I'll just eject it and see what's, you know, where hopefully on the case. Here I was thinking it was the cases, right, like the brass. I was thinking it's got to be something hitting something, scraping on something, something in there causing it. So I went to eject it. Pulled it out, and the, and the empty brass came out, and powder went everywhere. And I thought, what in the shit? 
like powder through the mag, through just everywhere, through the bolt, everywhere. Um, didn't have a cleaning rod with me. Had to go wander up to the pro shop, find someone, one of the instructors with a cleaning rod, beat the projectile out. Um, so it turns out it wasn't the brass, because the brass wasn't touching anywhere. It was the projectiles. Either loaded too long or something was going on. And right then there, couldn't work it out looking at it. Uh, thought, fuck, you know, what am I going to do? Panicking now at this point. Cleaned the gun up, like, blew it all out, mm-hmm. got all the powder out of it. Um, next one did the same thing. Could not close the bolt. And I thought, nah, well, I can't pull another projectile and uh, have powder go everywhere again because, I mean, we're on the... Everyone's shooting, right? There's 40 guys either side of me and uh, at least 10 of them were staring at me cleaning the powder out of my gun and I'm just like yeah that's how we roll in New Zealand boys <laughs> we got this no, no drama it's a muzzle quietly, don't worry yeah, quietly fucking dying inside and um so the next one I thought fuck this can't happen again so I literally like hammered the bolt shut with a close fist like hammered it shut and got it to shoot and it shot and of course it didn't hit what I was aiming at and um like I was trying to shoot like a plate 400 yards didn't hit shit, didn't even see anything. I thought, oh, fuck, what the, what the hell? That's no good. Um, and that ejected fine. And then the one after that chambered fine, sh- shot fine, hit the plate, sent a plate. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave it there, something wrong. I'm done, I don't want to break anything. Um, need to go find some cleaning gear, find a bore scope, um, make some phone calls back home to, to Dan talk with him see what the fuck's going on going on you know see if we can work it out and shannon had invited all of us to the sponsors dinner on the friday night said oh you know i want you guys to meet everyone and and you know feel at home so come to the dinner and, and obviously by now i'm just like nah <laughs> we're just going back to the hotel and trying to work out what's going on with the gun and the other boys that had uh and lesser issues they were still having ones that were tight to chamber um as well but not to the extent that i was so uh, but of course they're all chambered differently probably and so we drove back uh stopped for dinner on the way somewhere um all i was thinking about, i didn't even want to eat like all i was thinking about was getting this gun sorted for the next day because obviously oh so obviously once you leave the range, you go. You have to go sign out to say you've left, and they cut your armband off and give you the matchbook. So I had the matchbook to read at dinner as well. And so I was going through that, and um, just all I was thinking about was getting this gun sorted for the next day. Because I was like, "Fuck, we can't. I can't go like, like I've got rounds that won't chamber. I've got ones that are tight all the time. Like, what's going on?" Um, so we went to Walmart, and of course, you can buy anything at Walmart. So we brought, apart from a bore scope, apparently, they didn't have one of those, but we found a universal cleaning kit, some solvent, um, some patches, everything. Went back to the hotel, scrubbed the shit out of it, like shine a torch in there. You can't see fuck all, you know, as you guys know, when you're looking into the chamber of a gun. And everything looked fine. And I was sort of had, I had Dan and Ian on the phone and I was talking to them going through it and they're like well just chamber some rounds now and see what happens and so in the hotel we're busy cycling rounds through the gun to 
yeah, and ones were tight, and I was ejecting them all, obviously. And uh, all the bullets had a big rub mark uh, that initially looked to be the the projectile, you know, touching the land significantly. And then on closer inspection, and it yeah, it's actually on the wasn't on the land; it's more down on the bearing surface of the bullet, and it was top jamming in the free bore. So, obviously, I thought, well, there's, it can't be build-up, like, especially not the first round, because I'd scrubbed it out with, a, like, chameleon gel and um, everything. Like, it was sparkling clean. We'd bore-scoped it, and there wasn't any copper, any carbon anywhere. It was just bare metal. So I couldn't work out why it was so tight for the first round, but then it made sense that, obviously, as I progressed through the day and there was a bit of carbon and a bit of ship building up, that they got tighter and tighter and tighter until one just would not chamber. Um, and so we came to the uh, consensus that I just had to, basically, every stage or two, clean the chamber in the throat of the gun so it didn't build up any carbon um, for the right through the whole match which was niggly in itself because then i had to carry around cleaning gear everywhere and waste time um which i didn't think was going to be too much of an issue but once the match started i realized it was going to be a massive issue um and of course as we all know when you've got a clean yeah it's not the whole barrel but when you've got a clean semi-clean gun the first fouling shot doesn't quite go where the rest goes sometimes Mm -hmm. so sort of catch 22 do you what oh well, we can't have ones jam up and i knew if i did have a tight one or if i was at the end of a stage and i timed out there's no way i was going to risk ejecting one and dropping powder everywhere if the bullet jammed up so i was like well if it goes in or even if it can't go in i'm going to have to force it to go in and if i have to beat the bolt shut like stomp on it to get to shut that's what i'm going to do and we're going to fire it yeah so we had the plan to get through the match and yeah, you know, I already had in my head, well, shit, everyone that's tight, they don't shoot very well. So I've got pretty big issues there anyway. Um, yeah, so I got that sorted, bit of a late night, panicking about that. Got as much sleep as I could. And up early, early, early Saturday morning, because they, I think briefing was at 6.30, start shooting at 7. Like it was barely daylight, but they like to rip into it early um and yeah briefings pretty vague in america very vague when you say vague just this is it because they expect from these guys a high level of safety already and they just don't really have the yeah they don't have the rules around um like they they said oh yeah just make sure you're sort of on target for your Ideally, ideally, you're on target for your chamber. Don't shoot anyone. Don't send any rounds into the neighbour's place. We don't want those problems. Have a good day. Get on with it. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> so and off we off we went. So um, yeah, we and the weather was pretty average on Saturday morning. It was raining and uh, windy. I think we had they had the most rain in twelve hours overnight that they'd ever had. It was some sort of record. <laughs> So oh, sweet. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah, I just felt at home basically. So yeah. there's nothing. It like, wasn't much. There's nothing like a bit of rain when you've got um, tolerance issues as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just everything to stuff you up even more. So we started on one of the. So, 
What you got? So, <clears throat> this was factory ammo, the same yep. factory ammo that you got in New Zealand, supposedly. Yes, the same right. type, not it, the same. It wasn't factory. like a custom-loaded factory ammo, like no. just no, off the shelf. Was... Apparently, direct. Yeah. this was direct from Hornady. Yeah. Um, straight out of the factory, straight to K&M. Yeah. There was a, like just fresh batch. Oh, and the other odd thing, obviously, I'd put um, a lot of rounds over the chronograph at home when I was testing it, and the average yeah. was 3,012. Yeah. And the average speed, I put about 30 over the uh, chronograph on the Friday. Yeah. And they averaged 29.25. Hmm. So significantly different. Like, there was no massive altitude difference. There was no temperature difference. Yeah, it was... The pressure and everything on the Kestrel was virtually the same as me shooting at home. Like, there's no difference. Right. Um, wasn't cold. No. Wasn't it? So there's no reason to slow down. The other thing that I noticed was weird was how dirty it was. Like, the break after Friday, after 60 rounds, was just caked with carbon. Like, huh. millimetre, like millimetres of carbon coating it. Like, it was filthy. And the muzzle blast, the cloud from the muzzle blast was, like, sooty. Instead of, you know, it was like, yeah, it looked, yeah. It looked really carbony. So I know they changed the blends of their powder around a little bit as they, yeah, yeah, as they to get stuff, but obviously they're running something filthy. So do you think um, about grabbing some more from the pro shop or something? Or, yeah, no, well, there no. was none. Oh, there was none. Okay. All they had at the pro shop, they had a lot of ammo, but there was mm. no six creed. There was mm, a heap great. of factory, there was a heap of that brand new factory. Um, GTMO with the 109 they had thousands yep. of rounds of that yep. they had thousands and thousands of rounds of the 6.5 Creedmoor 140 hmm. um, heaps of it just but nothing 6mm and of course nowhere near us had a big enough quantity oh don't worry like there was messages going back and forth yeah. most of the yeah, night yeah, there was yeah, ideas yeah, yeah. there was can you get more ammo can you get a seating die and a press and just fucking seat them all deeper or do something and we'd just thought of everything and couldn't execute and didn't have the time to execute most of it and yeah yeah the fact that it was the free ball so the actual diameter of the projectile would none of it would have mattered anyway no matter what we did um so the diameter of the projectiles was was greater then well, should have been. This will, yeah. uh, this will come. Okay, this will, this, we'll, okay. we'll, you, get, you, we'll get to that in the wash-up. Do you the, forget uh, how podcasting and telling a story works, Mark? <laughs> you're, you're meant to act like you're a, surprised and you're learning this as we go along. There, no, I, am, I am learning it as we're going along. Yeah, Mark's, ne- Mark's never heard this story. Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, neither. <laughs> Idiot. God. Um, I was just trying to... It's like an ad break where I was teasing what was going coming later. To, to keep yeah, no, so it, it comes, it comes later, though. They've right. all been, we brought some back and some were measured, well, a lot yep. were measured and compared yep. to the New Zealand stuff. And the, the results coming soon. The results will shock you. After they will shock break. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're still listening. Yeah. All right, carry so, on. Yeah, so we got into the, um, oh, it just sounded a bit distant. I'm just trying to dig out the matchbook out of You're fine. Um, the, we started on quite a hard stage on. Uh, I can't even remember what squad I was. I can't remember. I can't even remember what stage. It was a long range stage anyway. Rounds, few rounds. Yeah, I think it was that one. 
long range field fire, stage 19, I think. Uh, engage 10 rounds from the prone position. On command, engage each target with two rounds only and engage from near to far. Target arrays are staggered down the field on the right side. And the targets were from uh, 717 yards, 781, 834, 906, 974. And they were 10 inch, 12 inch, 12 inch, 12 inch, 14 inch at, in 90 seconds. So not super small, uh, but enough distance and they're way up on high waratahs so they're like a meter and a half off the ground so if you missed you couldn't see shit yeah and it was raining and drizzling you couldn't see shit anyway and um of course like my second round was tight i had to beat the fucking bolt shot who knows where that one went i think i got like three or something like that and i was like oh damn this is not great because i did get hits on the furthest ones um but yeah the ones that chambered fine it was just you know wind and shit like that but the ones that were tight to chamber i had a couple on each basically every stage like they just went where they wanted so you couldn't get even any um any info on that so but so instantly i was sort of uh thrown into us prs in terms of you roll up to the stage as we're walking up to the stage the arrows reading the stage brief like as soon as he sees sees the squad coming uh well they do a quick roll call as you're walking up you know yelled and you're yelling at them yeah i'm here waving from like 50 meters away and then as soon as they've ticked the list off they just into the stage brief and basically right line up first shooter you're going in a minute's time you've got one minute get into it i'm like fuck we haven't even done data and everyone's like basically ready to go i'm like what the fuck <laughs> when are you supposed to do the data so i'm like frantically well, i was still do- getting data off the kestrel basically when the shooter before me was shooting and didn't have enough chance i didn't really have any time to look through the binos at what was going on i sort of jumped down and a quick look at the targets through the scope and i was like oh yeah there and then sort of went to pick the gun back up and start out. And I hadn't even noticed that everyone was starting in position. So what they're doing is, like, your order of shooting, they basically lined five of you up on the firing line at once if you're a prone stage, and you started in position, yeah. hand on the bolt, mag, and looking through the scope at the first target, ready to go. So as soon as the shooter, before before you had finished, they'd fire the last shot. As soon as the spotter had seen impact or not, they'd quickly... Confirm your score, yell out, oh, you got an eight. And they'll be like, yeah, sweet as. Right, next shooter, are you ready? Time starts now. And and you're into it. And I was like, fuck, this the, is fast paced. The starting prone thing's weird, isn't it? It was extremely weird. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah okay. And so, yeah, got through that. And then, obviously, there's, there's 20 stages for the match. Um we started on the long range range uh range so the next stage was a uh, kyl racket 600 yards then what they call a reset target at 1062 yards which happened to be the furthest target for the whole match um so after every shot at the rack you had to engage the far the long target to then move on to the rack Mm -hmm. again you didn't have to hit anything you said shoot so it was big big elevation change so it was 10 rounds uh 
Yeah, big elevation change, and you only have 75 seconds from prone. So not, not enough time to dial either. So it's a big hold. I think it was like six mils or five mils difference or something in the hold. Yeah. Um, and got some pretty good hits. Obviously got some tight ones as well. and So I was sort of happy enough in, in those conditions. and So we moved on. And then so as we went through the day, I sort of realised that all the prone stages, and there was a lot of them, like way more than I was expecting. I reckon about eight or nine out of the 20 were prone. And all of the and fully prone, like no movement at all. Like you just Yay. lay in one spot, shooting. That's my kind of. That's, oh, that's <laughs> weird, eh? It's that's that's not what you, from the outside looking in, what I'd expect. No, and so after about three stages, like the first two were prone, and then we went to stage one. Which was... So you've been doing it all wrong, Graham. <laughs> I don't run PRS matches, mate. Oh, sorry, that's right. Yeah. And. Yeah, and then we moved to, and then we had some sort of positional stages, but, um, well, one positional stage, then back to prone, and then a barricade, well, and then a skill stage, then some pipes, and so, yeah, we had some, but a lot of the props were modified prone, like, you could deploy your bipod and just go modified prone yeah, off the props. It's essentially prone, if you, it was basically if you prone. can get, yeah, if you understand, yeah. Yeah, and so everything, a lot, of, most of the stages were... Uh, multi-targets. Um, four targets. Yeah, so all the state, there's four, uh, five targets, five targets, one target, three targets, three targets, one target, two targets, two targets, five targets, one target, and then five, five, three, five, three, five, 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 two. So, Basically, most of them had four or five targets, and only three or four stages had one single target. Um, but if you had a lot of multi-targets, you had no movement virtually. It was either a modified prone or a prone position, like troop one uh, type stages. Yep, yep. And if you had a single target, then you'd have five positions. So, um, so I was thinking after. After about four stages, apart from the fact that I was having a balls up of a time with the gun, and I was already you know, pretty wild about that, I was thinking, man, this match is... It's going to sound stupid, because we did, I did so badly at the end of the day. But I was saying, this match is pretty fucking easy. Well, there's nothing... The times aren't hard. Everything was 90 seconds, apart from one stage at 75 seconds. So the longest we had... Was ninety, and most of the stages were ten to twelve rounds, and obviously a couple of eight rounders, like skill stage and stuff like that. But I was thinking, man, this is easy. Like the troop line stages were all near to far. Um, there's some stages where they had a reset target that you had to hit there and move. Yeah, like big angle change, change your direction of fire, and come back and continue to engage down a rack or something like that. Um, but wasn't hard you just had to pick up your target and hold and and you're fine so i was saying hmm, wonder if we're talking about this real technical and mental stuff or whether this is what they mean by it because compared to what we've been doing at aussie the week before it was seemed fucking easy um so so has aussie weirdly evolved to be quite difficult then as, i think they have because they're yeah. so hamstrung by what they Oh, can yes. can and Rain. can't use yep. yeah yeah so yep. they've got to make it 
real hard. Otherwise, it'll just be boring as shit. Yeah. Because yeah. um, whereas obviously a lot of the US matches are out in the field like ours. Yeah. And you, I think obviously I haven't shot any of the other matches, but no, no, a no. lot of the a lot of the spots where they're shooting, yeah, they're up on ridge tops like RTD for example. But they yeah. have like massive, uh, um, like your your course <laughs> like your firing arc will be huge like almost yeah. 90 degrees on most stages so it's all about like target acquisition yeah and movement but yeah like that sort of movement yeah. um not so much movement during the stage and obviously big distances like they all their matches go out to over over a k yeah um and windy yeah and wind as well so i mean that's how that that's how the american stuff make it hard but yeah, there's nothing that really tripped you up in terms of weird, um, weird sort of uh, things that you had to write out a massive novel on your dope card to remember what you're doing. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. there's five targets, but I'm just doing two shots on each near to far. Simple. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. Not, it's not like you're doing one shot on the first one, then three shots on the fourth one, and then back to the third one for two shots, then to the yeah. fifth one for three, and then back to the second one or something like that, that you can't remember. An obscure remember. sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, that's sort of what they do in Aussie, um, if you've got a something like that. But here, I was just like, oh, this is simple. Like, you don't have to think too hard. You just need good data, good wind, and a gun that you can actually chamber rounds, and, <laughs> and you're, you're probably going to be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. So I just chi- we ch- we chipped away. Um, yeah, well, I think I, by the time we got, oh, I think our fifth stage was skill stage two. And uh, no run with this one, no nine meter run. Like I was, it was just basically start two meters back and you rip into it. And so obviously I, was, I went through pretty good. The first seven shots, like comfortable hits, going pretty quick. Last shot, and someone's got a video of me doing it. Last shot, like can't chamber the round have to reach up, basically grab the top of the scope, like wrench the bolt shut, and then rebuild the position, um, fire the shot, and this, uh, it must, because it was a tight round, obviously, and uh, the spotter came up to me afterwards and said, did you shank that shot really badly? I said, no, I broke it the same spot as the others. He goes, you missed like 0.8 to the right and 0.5 high, and I was like, yeah, 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 thank you. (laughs) <laughs> I'm well aware of this. I said, no, did not shank it, we just got a bit of an issue with the gun. He's like, yeah, fuck, it just seemed like so far away from the target. I was like, yeah, thank you, that's, that's fine. He's just... <laughs> like, yeah, Come. yeah, no, I just couldn't, and he just kept going on. I was like, yeah, fine, fuck it, just, just, shh, and just, just walked off. And, um, yeah, so that's sort of what, what we're up against all, all weekend. And the yeah. other boys were in the same not to the same extent, but having the same problems with their gun. Like Stuart, I think it was the first shot on a 12-round stage, couldn't chamber it, uh, couldn't eject it either, and had to get it, like, had to abandon the stage and get a cleaning rod and beat the whole round out. Ow. Um, so, yeah, very much not a single issue, like not a specific gun-related issue. It was clearly yeah. a yeah. batch issue. Um, so yeah, chipped away. I think we did ten. We did ten stages on Saturday. Had a horrible time. Um, basically, like I was pretty fucking over it by the end of the day. I was just 
was almost to the point of saying at the end of the first day that I just can't even be bothered shooting on the Sunday. Like, what's the point? Because yeah. I'm just having issue after issue with, you know, like, yeah, hitting the plate comfortably and then you get a tight one and you just watch it just sail off wherever it wants to. And I was like, what is, fuck, like, this is not cool. And if you were, if I was unlucky enough to get that on the first round of a stage... Of course, when you're trying to get your wind and get check your data and everything, like you get in a position, can't chamber around properly, and you're like, oh god, this is going to go anywhere. You know, you, one stage, oh, I had about point five a wind on to the left, and I had a tight one, and it missed high right or low right. One of them was off to the right, and I thought, oh yeah, I don't know quite know how to read into that because it was a tight round, but I'll. Uh, seemed a lot right. It was like another point four. I thought, oh yeah, this is before we got to skill stage and it missed like point eight to the right. So I was like, point oh, four is a lot. Like, oh, just hold more for the second shot. Second shot missed on the left side because I'd held more and it was a normal round that chambered. So I didn't lose two shot. I didn't lose one shot because of a shitty round. I lost two because I couldn't get my wind off the off the dodgy round. So, it's hard to put a number on how many shots it cost me, but it'd be a lot. And so after the first day, we looked at scores, and fuck, I was like 180th or something. I was like, oh, fuck this. This is a waste of time. I was so pissed off about it. Um, so, yeah, we just basically, yeah, super over it. So, <laughs> um, went back to the hotel again on the way back heading back to the hotel because there wasn't anything happening at the range on Saturday night. So on the yeah. way back to the hotel, um, guns were all wet because it's been raining all day. Uh, all the gear was wet. So we just basically had the guns sitting sitting upright on the back seat, bolts and everything still in them, which was a bit of a no-no. And like try to dry them out. And we're cruising along through town and fucking light, flashing lights behind us. I was like, oh, here we go. Now we get all three of us in the car, right? So, right, here we go. Now we get pulled over and we've got all these rifles sitting in the back seat. And so we get pulled. He pulls us over, comes up, taps on the window. Fraser was driving. He says, do you know how fast you're going? Like cliche, you know, cliche movie scene. With his flashlight. And Fraser's like, oh, about... 75 or so and the cops are like, yeah it says 55 speed limit Fraser oh shit I thought it was 75 so so meanwhile he's like looking in the front seat at, at Fraser and Stu with his flashlight and then he shines through the back window looks at me then get, shines over to the other side and there's a, all these rifles sitting there gets a hell of a fright when he sees <laughs> oh, oh, oh shit yeah. oh shit it's a, a yeti <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so why have you got a Taliban so he's he's staring at me through the window as Fraser's getting his license and staring at these rifles sitting there and he just sort of casually says uh well, you boys been hunting and we're like oh no we're here from a hunting uh a shooting competition and then obviously they start questioning you know where's that and how long are you here for and where's that again to see if you say a different thing and and uh, what type of rifles they were, and um, yeah, didn't at the end of the we thought we were in the shit. 
the end of the day, he was just like, oh, nah, it's all right. You guys aren't from around here. We'll just, don't worry, just keep your speed down. Probably put those rifles in a bag. Um, especially when you're not in the car. And I've got to go to a next to the next call-out and have a nice night. So we're like, oh, shit, that's got away with that. Um, we did ask him for a selfie with us over the bonnet, but he said, no, he had better things to do, so... <laughs> Yeah. When you say ten- over, when you say over the bonnet, <laughs> <laughs> you can make up your own mind what that means. Chewie. <laughs> and uh, so it turns out he did because he took off with the lights on again, and about oh, a couple of couple of miles down the road, or better use their lingo, a couple of miles down the road, they had, there was five cars, cop cars that had pulled over a car. And they actually did have the two occupants bent over the bonnet and handcuffs. So, turns out they had much better things to be doing than yep. worry about some tourists. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so basically Saturday night, we got back to the hotel after that, had dinner on the way, um, a local steakhouse, which is a bloody good feed. Had some deep fried catfish. And... Mm numerous other things that they just kept bringing us out for some reason they brought it was 9 o'clock at night and they brought us some buttered toast yeah buttered that toast we didn't well. ask for and we're like why do we get toast and they're like oh it's compliments to the chef and we're like oh, okay and then we got some dinner and <laughs> he especially he prepared this <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's been warming it as an armpit for you yeah yeah and there's and they're like, oh, you know, please, please enjoy our salad bar. It was our world famous salad bar. I was like, world famous salad bar. And she said, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> world, world famous salad bar. And it was like some horrible brown looking lettuce in a bowl with a couple of slices of tomato. And that was it. I was like, wow, this is just like Waikakaria. <laughs> yeah, they, these Americans don't leave their towns much. Yeah. Um. So we did that. And yeah, basically got back, dried the guns out, cleaned the gun, um, sat there contemplating flying back to New Zealand that night and got ready, read the stages for the Sunday, which I lost interest in real fast because I just had no motivation to keep shooting. And uh, yeah, went to bed, got up, did it all again the next day. With similar similar issues? Oh no, it was all fine. Yeah, fix it. Yeah. No surprises. Miraculously, it was all perfect. No surprises. It was all the same shit. Yes. So, we had a much better day. The sun was out. Um, bugger all wind, which made it even worse because there's virtually no wind. Like, just aiming on the plate the whole time. And busy just, yeah. Tight one, miss. Cool, tight one, miss. Fuck, yeah. Hit a couple times, miss. Fuck. Just nothing I could do about it, so just chipped away. Um, yeah, took took the opportunity then just to I knew I I didn't really have to concentrate that hard to be fair on the Sunday because there was no chance of me doing any good at all. Um, so I just started yarning to people in the squad basically, so and shooting the odd round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and man, everyone turns out. Everyone was someone at that match. Like, everyone was a heavy hitter in the industry. Like, I was talking to... I was last shooter on one stage, and I was talking to the RO, because he didn't have to rush anyone. I was last one, so he didn't have to rush to the next guy. And 
He said, oh, that's a unique accent. Where are you from? What part of the world? I said, oh, I'm from New Zealand. He said, oh, what do you do over there? I said, oh, just, just a bit of farming. That's about it. And he said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah good. I'd be um, families, farmers. And I said, oh, you as well? He said, nah, not me, not me, nah. I'm just, I do other things. I said, oh, in, are you in the industry? And he said, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, oh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm, um, I own penis and brass. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you like own like own it? And he's like, yeah, I'm whatever his first name is. Someone Peterson. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And you just hear RA. He's like, yeah, yeah, and I love it. And I was just literally like the shooter before me. I just watched him just fully abuse the shit out of him because he didn't like how he'd given him a time call or something like that. And he was just abusing him, and I was just like, fuck. Yeah, I thought, Jesus, pretty hard on the RO. And then I was like, Jesus, he like he would have known. Not that it's not that it matters, but you know like he would have known who he was. He's probably shooting fucking Peters and Brass and still ripping into him. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and so I yarned him for a bit about that, and yeah, just just so blasé about it. And then another stage, I was talking to a lady. She had this real cool pink game changer, full size game changer bag, and I had her name embroidered in it with like. Um, you know all those sparkly fucking things diamantes or whatever and glitter and shit all down the side I thought oh man that's a cool game changer all personalised for you who made that for you and she sort of looked at me like real weird like I should know something yeah <laughs> and um I was like oh was that a silly question and she was like oh no I suppose not she said oh me and my husband own Armageddon gear and I was like fuck <laughs> <laughs> So, so I made it myself for me. I was like, right, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, shit. And um, so, yeah, everyone, everyone was everyone. And we, unfortunately, we were miles away from the top squad guys. Like we would, I didn't, when I didn't get to see them shoot at all. Like the, we were on different ranges for both two days, which was a bugger. But had a quick chat to a couple of them in, in passing, like Vallejo and Morgan King and um, Austin Bushman and all those guys so it was good just to have a quick yarn and you know let them know that there's a country in the world called New Zealand and we do some shooting as well yeah and we're we're not normally that bad yeah 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 (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, did um it was at one point was actually super uh demoralizing we were just talking to one random dude and Fraser was he was he was just yeah telling him where we're from and whatnot then i just happened to wander over and he's like oh this is anthony he's the uh he's our he's our best shooter in new zealand which i fucking you know but you don't like that anyway when someone says that in front of other people you're just like oh fuck that's a bit of shit <laughs> someone's saying that oh he's the, he's the best oh god yeah and, oh, and that's what he said he said he said, seriously, because he, he, he was a guy in our squad, he's like, seriously, he's, he's the best shooter you've got in New Zealand. And Fraser's like, yeah. And he's like, God, the level can't be that good over there. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Rats. <laughs> oh, God, God damn it. Yeah. I felt like saying, it's not me, it's the gun. But then I was just, I was just like, yeah, nah, fair call, and just walked off. <laughs> but you can't really argue with it when you're having, yeah, when you're yeah, going yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So I was like, fuck that. <laughs> it was actually, then when I thought about it, I, thought, I was like, no, nah, that's actually a bit shit But <laughs> Oh, well. Because, uh, yeah, they're quite open about it. If, you, if they think you're shit, they'll just tell you that you're shit. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> straight up. So, um, yeah, and then talking to Shannon at the end of it, he was like, oh, you know, yeah, I looked at the results. Yeah, I knew you guys would struggle a lot. Yeah, you must have found it really hard. And I was like, well, no, I didn't actually find the match that hard. And he was like, looked at me, he's like, yeah, but why didn't you hit more then? And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, what are you supposed to... What are you supposed to say? You can't. Yeah. You just send him a link. Blame. Just send him a link to this podcast. Yeah, well, you don't stand there and make a heap of excuses and blame your gear. That's not. A, that's an even what, worse what, look. So. Yeah, that was me two podcasts ago. That's Graham's <laughs> playbook. That's Graham's yeah. playbook. God. Yeah, shit! If I can't, fuck. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I'll like I'll 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 blame the gear in this situation, but I'm not going to stand there and. In, nah. in the moment and make excuses about it but exactly. yeah exactly yeah um should have turned up so, bed. yeah should have yeah. should have well, t- taken a six gt barrel because <laughs> a heap of that browser a uh, heap of that re- ammo around i or, bet it would have worked mint too <laughs> or, or 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 funny enough i could have just taken my, my other gun my br yeah and i could have taken 260 or 280 rounds of ammo i think it's five kilos and i could have had enough and it would have been sweet um this podcast might have been a bit different but yeah you might have been the u.s champion no damn no it. damn it no no but so uh, not getting to watch the the eight what they call an ace water squad one or such that that would have been pretty pretty cool to watch them Obviously, the sort of celebrities in the game, but um, you still would have seen some pretty good competitors, pretty impressive shows. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the the kit over there is obviously unbelievable, and then um, the depth, like everyone there, right, could uh, could shoot extremely well. Obviously, because there was yeah the top uh, basically two hundred US shooters, and then another hundred. Um, uh, sort of, well, I don't know how many were the international ones, 40 or 50, and then some uh, special spots for sponsored, um, you know, sponsored spots and stuff like that, um, one-off spots and stuff like that, but everyone there, man, everyone could shoot, <laughs> and yeah, seemed to be no one else, well, now saying that, when I, on the Saturday because uh, not only did, was I having a shit of a time with that, but the ones that were shooting good started trending high on the plates and sometimes missing above, and I was saying, what is going on here with this? So I'm two-tenths high, basically. So I just corrected mid, mid-day on Saturday. After five stages, I just dialed it down two-tenths, reset the turret to zero and just carried on, and the data seemed to come right. I thought, I'll just check it. Uh, at the end of the day, is, is you can go check your zero at any point on the zero range. So I thought, I'll just check it at the end of the day, um, see what's going on. And there's a number of guys down there who are obviously having problems with guns. There's guys changing guns, old guns, guys changing scopes, guys with different yeah boxes of ammo laid out that they were testing. And a couple of them were the were the like what you'd call the heavy hitters, like uh, Francis Colon and Tate Streeter and one of the others. Like Those are all top 10, top 15 guys. And as I sort of jumped out of the buggy, because they drop you there in a, in a little golf cart, you get ferried around a little golf cart if you need to go a big distance. And I jumped out, grabbed my gear, and Francis sort of looks over and sees me unloading the gear. He's like, oh, this is the fucking club that you don't want to join. 
So, yep. Well, I'm joining it. So I said, oh, what's going on with you? And he was like, our scope's not tracking properly or something. So he's changing to a new scope. And he was actually only a couple of spots um, ahead of me in the after Saturday. And he uh, he won the AG Cup last year. Yeah. And, yeah. Tate was changed. He changed guns to a different gun, I think, and was just getting getting it zeroed and getting so something had gone wrong on it. And so, like people had issues. Um, a few of the top guys were sort of further down than you'd expect to ever see them. And then, obviously, at this at the end of the Sunday, um, everyone obviously there's still a few top guys. I've, Phil Vallejo was only one spot ahead of me in the overall standings at the end of the match and he didn't really have any sort of catastrophic issues. He just, you know, had a quick yarn to him and I was like, oh, you know, what, what went on with you? He's like, oh, I just didn't shoot well. Yep. Um, so it was, although the whole weekend had been pretty demoralising, it was pretty good to hear some of the, uh, you know, more prominent guys in the industry say that they'd just had a shit day and ended up not far from me. And I'd, without any type of excuse and I had a fucking what I thought pretty big valid excuse mm-hmm. um, and then I was reading a post from Phil a couple of days later and he'd sort of outlined it and yeah he he, he won the PRS finale in 2018 and then yeah and ended up wherever the hell we ended up 200th or something um, a couple of years later so just you know Obviously shows that there are people right. like me out there. You can just have bad days mm. <laughs> if you're mm. that good. Because so it's bloody good. Did you did you go to the the prize giving? Yeah, yeah. So we went on the Sunday night. So when we're all said and done for the shooting, I was quite happy to be over and done with. Um, prize giving Saturday night or the banquet as they call it. Um, yeah, pretty big deal. Like they put on a massive dinner. There's probably four or five hundred people there, like all the all the sponsors, all the shooters, all the ROs and spotters, like the whole crew. Um, and there's a lot of people, it's a big thing. And they all fit it under one big sort of open area, uh, yeah, big sort of well, just a big roof basically. Um, heap of tables and big stage and stuff like that and so Shannon gave a couple of big speeches and they went through and thanked all the sponsors for the series and for the matches and did a heap of um, awards for different stuff like RO of the Year, Match of the Year, um, yeah, stuff, Match Director of the Year. Oh, well, hey, 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 well, Mark's won that in New Zealand. Yeah. He has, he yeah. is the Match Director of the Year. Very good, Mark. Congratulations, Mark. We haven't talked about that. <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't put that down as one of the achievements for 2022 he's, he's just finding out right now no he's got a medal <laughs> he's got a fucking medal oh, yeah, I've, right. got a, I've, I've got a medal so yeah. it's fine yeah. and that wasn't one of your top achievements the hell no, no I like, don't like to brag about things like that <clears throat> oh, fair enough it's because it's, it's kind of a bigger deal than your win in Australia so he didn't want to yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Overshadow. Yeah. Anyway, so 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 the the ceremony is obviously a bit of a big shindig. Yeah, they make a massive deal about. It. They put a big slideshow up of you know everyone who wins and a bit of backstory and oh, yeah, like backstory. We could do backstories, Mark. It was pretty cool. Yeah, this is um, 
then uh, yeah, then they got into the the obviously the the nitty gritty of it and went through the top ten for the match and oh, oh sorry, so all the weird PRS subcategories first, all the you know, top. Yeah. But it's actually yeah. it's actually worth it over there because they get more than one person who qualifies for it. Like top military and law enforcement, obviously, there's thousands of people who <laughs> fall into that. What is it, category. New Zealand? It's like is anyone in the army? Or are you the winner? You're, yeah. <laughs> Who's, a, who's over? Who's over fifty five? You're the winner, senior. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, so obviously this was the the final. So obviously they're announcing the series winners for the for the season, right? And everyone yeah. was there shooting anyway. So uh, that was a pretty big deal. I went through all of that. Then they got to the top ten for the match, and then they got to the top ten for the overall series for the uh, for the year, and. Yeah, so that was quite cool to you know, and how tight it was with the scores. Like, to be fair, it wasn't point zero eight of a percent like like my one was, but there <laughs> still came down to a couple of hits for the series for those guys. Yeah, um, to sort out the top ten, like I think it's five or six hits separated everyone. Um, and yeah, and then basically they went through. The whole match, top to bottom, for results, which was depressing. And you walked to the prize table in that order. Oh, you got to walk to the prize table still? Yeah, amazingly. Did you win a box of six mil Creed Boy ammo? Oh, God. That would have been... I wouldn't have taken it. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, so I went through, God, like, so far down the list. Probably about about 200 and something. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever it was, two. I think it was two hundred and first or something like yeah. that. Whatever. Yeah. And um, man, there was still some good stuff on there. There was vouchers like fifty percent off a MDT ACC chassis and yeah. Oh, oh yeah, like and all sorts of shit, man. I had to like there was triggers. Like I um ended up with a I just grabbed a Timney trigger because I couldn't figure out how to take anything else home with me. But there was still Leopold rangefinders and binos and spotting scopes and yeah. Um, bloody presses and all sorts of shit. Like when there was, and a lot of guys, like like everyone got to walk the prize table, arrows and shit included. And then they started putting people through again because there was still shit left over. There was there would have been half a million bucks worth of stuff on the table. It was crazy. There was full guns. There was chassis everywhere. There was uh. Like Ampanellas, there was boxes of Peterson and Alpha Brass, like dozens and dozens of boxes of five hundred of like Dasher and GT and oh, I want to grab one of those. Yeah, just well, I, wa- I watched a guy in hundred fiftieth walk out of the prize out from walk away with a box of uh, Alpha Brass. Yeah. They were still there, hundred and fifty people later. Yeah, um, on yeah on Brass in a minute as well, um. And, yeah, it was just unbelievable. Just vouchers. There was just walls. I think I sent through videos to, to um, well, you would have yep. got them, Graham. To, um, yeah, just walking around filming the price. It was just unbelievable. Just chassis and just anything. Full guns, handguns. Um, you should just grab one of those. Well, it turns out I didn't come in the top ten, though, so... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just sneak it back in your luggage. Yeah. Pull it so that's, 
that sort of stuffs that up because amazingly, like you wouldn't have, like all those top guys. That was what they grabbed was rifles and handguns. That's because I mean, you wouldn't think they'd need rifles or handguns, but obviously they don't need any gear because those guys don't pay for anything. Mm. Um, oh, there was scopes like there was um, there was like ten Carlos five two fives sitting there. Um, there was an ATAC, 735 ATAC, but that actually went to the fastest time on skill stage two, yep. which was like an unbelievable time. I've never, Wasn't like, it like 24 I've, seconds or 26 seconds? 25.9 seconds, I think, clean by Francis, because obviously he knew by then that he wasn't in the match. And he was an A squad, he was shooting in the an A squad. So he was yeah, top 10 coming into the series, but obviously blew that out with whatever was happening on Saturday with him, with the scope. And so he knew he wasn't in the running. And and they had skill stage on the Sunday. We had it on the Saturday. And Shannon uh, was watching them shoot that stage, the A-Squad, and sort of went up and quietly said to all of them, hey, you realise this stage is going to not only be used as the tiebreaker for the match, but it's going to be used as the tiebreaker for the whole series, if need be, as well. Because there, there was a lot of guys going in on 300, which is the max score for the series, and after Saturday, there was a lot of guys tied for first <laughs> yeah. in the match. I think there was like five of them, so it was like super tight, and that got in a few of their heads, I think, and a few of them were going super fast and missed like two or three shots, like super fast. And others went slow and got all the hits and ended up winning the match and subsequently the series. And yeah, and Francis was like, is there a world record for this? And no one could actually work out if there was or not. He's like, right, I'm going to make one. (laughs) (laughs) And just went in and said, yeah. Um, As Shannon was telling the story at prize giving, he said like, I asked, Shannon said, I asked uh, Francis how tight he felt while he was sending them. And Francis said, yeah, no, the shots felt, I kept it pretty tight, you know, breaking good shots. And then he said, I asked the spotter, you know, what, what the hits were. And the spotter said, we used every, every millimeter of the plate. Yeah. Like just all the hits were on the edge, like circled it basically. Yeah. But they're still hits. And yeah, 25.9 seconds, I believe, which is like, I've tried it with a 22 after that to try and the fastest I can do it clean um, on a scaled down plate it was like 32 seconds yeah no way like I can't even do it um, I literally can't even fire 8 shots into the dirt that fast like to get 25 seconds that's aiming at nothing like I just tried shooting into the into nothing and I couldn't do it that fast I couldn't even move that fast so I don't know how he did it with yeah. a bolt gun wow probably eats more veggies than you call it Probably, yeah. yeah. He did look significantly fitter than I do. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, come on. What did you say you got? You got a Timney trigger. That's awesome. Yeah, Timney. And just chuck it in with your rifle case or something. Can bring it home. Yeah, I just put in my pack of stuff. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, and then what? Um, fly home next morning, or drive. Yeah, so we were flying home from Houston the next day on the Monday. Uh, so Monday evening, 8 o'clock, I think, we're flying out. So we basically had to be at the airport at 6. So we're like, right, 12-hour drive. Uh, Stu was staying on to do other stuff, and me and Fraser were going home on the same flight. So 
Fraser got himself a rental truck as well. He got a Dodge Ram in Memphis, so we had two vehicles. So me and Fraser were driving back. We're going to drive back. And we sort of thought, ah, if we don't knock off and don't get too wasted on the Sunday night, we can do a bit of the trip on Sunday night, you know, to see how far we get, and we'll just stay somewhere. And, yeah, to cut down the driving on uh, on the Monday. So I had that in, my mo- in mind, so I stayed uh, pretty sober. Fraser did not. And it was a mission to get him out of there. Like, like <laughs> right, we'll leave it like 10, and we'll just drive for a few hours, and it's, yeah, got closer to... Well, no, it was about there, but man, I literally had to go almost pick him up and carry him out because it was just yarning to everyone. Couldn't get him away from anyone. So, and then as I was dragging him to the truck, he was like, oh, you're worse than my fucking wife. And <laughs> <laughs> Such a buzzkill. I was like, yeah, yeah, but we've got to get driving because you don't want to drive for 12 hours tomorrow. So we had everything packed up and we took all our stuff from the hotel with us on the Sunday lot. So we were ready to go. So just jumped in the truck. Um, headed off, just banged Houston into the GPS, and we're like, right, we'll just see how far we get. Obviously, I was driving. Uh, he fell asleep in the passenger seat, and drove for a few hours. Um, we wanted to go in a different way. We wanted to go uh, sort of further south before we headed west, so come down through uh, Mississippi. Instead of going straight across to whatever the other state is on the other side. And so heading down through that way. Um, pretty uneventful. Most most of the trip. I got too tired to drive at about 12.30. So we ended up in... Um, Jesus, I can't even remember the name. We're old missus, the University of Mississippi. Um, what's it called? I've not been God. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Oxford. Oxford. Oh, yeah, that's a, where I imagine you'd hang out, yeah. I think it's Oxford. God, I can't remember now. Come on, Mark, we should Google. Missouri. Um, left of Missouri. Would you say right of Missouri? Left, are you going to Texas? No, no, we're in Mississippi. Mississippi, which is... I'm just looking, oh, you're down there. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at a map of this rather large country. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So now we sh- shot down there, so... Uh, yeah, anyway. Can't remember what the town's called. Pretty sure it was Oxford. It's anyway, it doesn't Jackson. matter. Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, we drove through there. Yeah. Oxford. No, nah, it is Oxford. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so didn't know where we were. So I was like, oh, well. And so I start Googling, like, closest hotels on the way home. So somebody to sleep because, yeah, Fraser was happy sleeping in the truck because he was already passed out. But I wasn't too happy to sleep in the truck because I was... Yeah, fuck that. Dead sober, so... I was like, nah, need a bed. So, didn't need anything flash, because obviously we're only in it for a few hours, because we had to leave pretty early in the morning still, so... So, right, cheapest motel we could find in Oxford, and it just happened to be, like, right off the side of the expressway. And so, pulled up at about 12.30. Everything in America is always open, so just bowled into reception, got a room. Yep, sweet, got the key. Yep, 50 bucks or whatever it was. Pulled around into the car park, avoided this dude who was like staring around in the car park, didn't they think anything of it. Pulled into the car park, elbowed Fraser a few times, said, Well, we stopped at a motel. Uh, so I'm going to stay, get up, 
is get our shit up and up there and get to bed. So we're getting the stuff out of the truck. Literally, like, out, got our stuff out of the truck, walked up the stairs, threw the stuff under the door of the room. We're gone for like 15 seconds. Hear the door of the ute slam behind us, turn around, and some dudes jumped into our ute, into our truck. <laughs> and, like, what the hell? Was that that dude that was wandering around the car park? And Fraser's like looking down there. He's like, shit, was there a dude in the truck? I was like, yeah, there's a guy in the backseat of the truck. So you like, had all your shit out of it? None. Well, everything apart from the rifles. <laughs> <laughs> Which we were going to walk back down there to get. Yeah, second truck. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're big lockable cases and everything. And they're, so they're in there locked up, obviously. And, um,. Well, it's not ideal, because we haven't locked the truck yet, so it's still in there. And the buddy moving around, looked like he was fucking humping the seat or something. Like God knows what he was doing. So we went down, knocked on the window, buddy opened the door, so we didn't want to open the door and startle him and have him just jump on us, you know. America, after all. Don't want to be too too forward with uh, people on drugs. Yeah. And um, so I opened the door, and I'm like, mate, what are you up to? You're in the uh, you're in our ute. He's like, oh, oh shit, sorry guys, oh, just peeking out, peeking out. He's like, fucking you know, pupils the size of saucers, and he's chewing his fucking own teeth out, and yeah. you know, like sweating, looked like he'd just come out of a sauna, just reeked of bloody like piss, like human piss, like he just been pissing all over himself or something, and he's just rubbing all over the seats, and like, oh fuck. Get the hell out! So he like he very obligingly got out without too much hassle. That that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, that is quite good. And then uh, automatically though tried to jump straight back in the front seat. So I was like, ah, fuck! Like, so we just got him out, locked the truck up, left the guns in there because I don't want to get the guns out, like the gun cases out, and then have him try and like grab our stuff and take off with it because. Literally, it would just be running off with our rifles. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just lock it up and wait for him to move on. And we'll just go back upstairs and just go back out in half an hour and see if he's gone. And then we just heard this, like, banging and crashing as soon as we got into our room. And it was old mate trying to, like, rip the door handles off the truck, trying to get back in the truck. And he just, he was just obsessed with it. He was just walking around it, like, trying every door. Then he'd jump on the back and we had some stuff on there. Just like the boxes that the ammo were in, and the and um, like some strapping tape and something that the ammo was wrapped up in. He's like laying on his back, like throwing this shit in the air and batting it around like a fucking kitten, you know, playing with stuff. And I was like, oh fuck! Like, what are we, what are we gonna do with this crackhead? Like, he's trying to break into the Ute, and the guns are still in there. And Fraser's like, oh shit, we've got to do something. I was like, right, I'll ring reception and they might, because it's a big place, I was like, they might have a security guard, you know, or surely they'll have a security guard who can just come move them on. So I rang reception. And he's like, how can I help you? I said, there's a crackhead who won't leave our, our truck alone. He's laying on the truck and just trying to break into it. And she's like, oh no, that's all right, we'll sort it out. And uh, what room are you in? I said, oh, it's room 27 or something and it's the white pickup parked outside. We're upstairs on the first floor. She's like, okay, yeah, we'll get something sorted out. So, about five minutes later, she's flashing lights through the window. And so, bloody, went back out the door, and this cop car pulls up. I 
was like, oh, yeah, I've caught the cop, so I'm not too bad. Then another cop car pulls up. Then another one. Then four more. What? So we had seven, <laughs> yes, seven cop cars. It's like all of the police in New Plymouth. Then an ambulance. <laughs> Casey got then, then a fire engine. <laughs> then a priest. Wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not. So what? So what? They have the, they have like the the fire department in case he catches on fire, the ambulance in case he gets shot, and the priest in case he dies. What are they? Yep. Jesus. Yep. And the cops there to make sure all of that happens. <laughs> what happened? <what, what>, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're, so we're busy standing upstairs filming all of this by this point because yeah, yeah, you know, we're like shit. We don't see this shit in New Zealand. This is cool, you know. So the crackhead's still laying on the back of the Ute, throwing all this shit in the air, and the cops are yeah. There's three cops start approaching him. Um, two sort of stand back, and one carries on to the truck, and they've all got yeah, hand on pistol, right? Like just you know, ready to go and. Yeah, they sort of start talking them down and saying, hey, mate, you're like, what are you doing? You need to get off this truck. Come with us. You know, we'll sort you out. And luckily for him, he sort of was quite uh, obliging. He did sort of stop and give them a bit of a stare down at one point. I was like, here we go. It's on. We're about to see a live version of Cops, you know, <laughs> the, the TV show. Like someone's about to get shot. And... um Meanwhile, a couple of other people have come out of the rooms and they're pulled up. Yeah, they're standing on the neck on the balcony next to us, and Fraser's yarning to one, telling him about what's going on. And then that guy starts in the middle of all of this, starts asking Fraser for money, and but, we're like, oh, God, on the balcony starts asking. <laughs> yeah, money. he's like, oh, you got you guys got any money for a poor struggling black man? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Fraser's like, where the, where the fuck are you got us a room for? Like this, is, <laughs> this place is shit. We're cracky yeah. trying to break into the truck. We've got people asking us for money. Go to the second cheapest hotel, Anthony. Yeah, Not next time. Mm. Yes. He's like, right, you're, you're banned. Next trip, you're banned from booking anything. I was like, no, nah, fair call, actually. So, meanwhile, the cops have got him off the ute. They've sat him down in front of the police car, and they've got him sort of, yeah, to a point where he's not trying to get up and run away and they're not having to restrain him and the paramedics are staying to work on him and the priest is there talking to him, you know, holding his hand and all sorts of weird shit and the firemen are just sort of walking around waiting for some action and then all these other cops have fanned out and are just looking for stuff, you know, looking in every bag they can see and, um, yeah, looking for, well, whatever, weapons, drugs, all that shit because he was carrying something around. That he'd inconveniently left right in front of our door. And I was like, oh, I think this is his. And the cop's like, is this actually his? I was like, yeah, no, this is his. He was carrying it around. He's like, you sure? You sure it's not yours? I was like, no, it's his. Like, <laughs> don't even know what's in it. But it was just some food and shit. Yeah. It's not my bag, man. <laughs> yeah, it's not my bag. We're not from here. And, yeah, so then they put him in the ambulance and they sort of dis- the ambulance uh, were working on him, and the priest left, and the firemen left, and mo- most of the cop cars left, like four of them left. And after about this is after about half an hour, and I thought, well, this is dying down. We should go down and get these guns out because we need to go to bed. And the cops are sort of staring at us up, standing on the balcony, filming all of this, and sort of looking at us with disapproval anyway. So we wandered down and. 
Um, yeah, then of course, because we just walked in on the situation effectively and saw us uh, filming, um, the cops started questioning us about our involvement and why we were there and why we'd wandered down and why we were filming. And we said, oh, so, oh you know, I'm the one who sort of rang reception and told them what was going on. He's like, oh, okay, you're, yeah, yeah. So this is your, your vehicle. And we're like, well, yeah, it's ours, but it's not ours. It's a rental car because, you know, we're foreigners and um, we're just concerned because, you know, we've been here for a shooting competition and the rifles were the last thing we needed to get out and this guy was trying to break into it all the time. And, um, you know, like, we didn't think it was that great. And they're like, oh, you know, what type of shooting competition? And telling them, and they're like, oh, what sort of guns do you, do you shoot? And, and we're telling them, and they're like, oh, can we, have, can we have a look? And we're like, okay, fine, yeah. Got them out, put the tailgate down, put the cases down, open the cases, and they're looking at it, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those <laughs> look nice. That's that's cool. You know, what caliber is that? And um, two of the cops, two of the remaining cops there um, didn't know much about, you know, rifle. And one of them was um, part of the, I suppose, SWAT team for for Oxford. So he knew a bit more, I'm not going to say a lot, but knew a, a bit more, like at least knew what calibre and scope and shit everything. You know, he was like, oh, six crew, oh, you got a 735 ATAC, oh, yeah, good scope, yeah, I'll run one of them. And he's like, I run a night force on, a, on my sniper rifle and, Ready, ready, around. And he's like, oh, can I have a hold? And I was like, what, with the gun? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay. So he, like, pulled them out, and the cops were just wielding, wielding them around, <laughs> like, having a look, and feeling the weight. I was like, oh, these guys are fucking good cunts. And so we're like, oh, what are, what are you guys uh, packing on a normal night? And like, oh, do you want to have a look? So one of them, like, goes to the back of his car, <laughs> just opens the back, and just pulls out a couple of handguns and a tactical vest and all this other shit and just starts handing it to me i was like wait, wait what's happening <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah have a hold like drops the like both the gut like the one he, he pulled the one out of his holster and then he grabbed a couple from under or one from in the two from in the back but gave me one and um dropped the loaded mag and ejected live round out of the chamber of mm-hmm. all of them yeah so they were all loaded ready to go yep pretty even normal. the one just yeah. sitting in the boot yeah, and just handed them to me. I was like, okay, cool. So just got a couple of photos and a bit of video of me sort of just, you know, holding them and looking at them. And then as I was about to talk to him about his, his other stuff, some of his tactical gear, the, the SWAT guy comes wandering out of his car with his fucking, with his AR and just hands me that and says, oh, yeah, have a wheel to this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so... so Having a, having a look around through that and look at, you know, he's giving me the rundown on it. He's like, yeah, no, this isn't the this isn't the fully automatic one. We do have our fully auto ones as well, but don't have it in the truck at the moment. You know, this is the one we use for this type of call out. <laughs> okay. Jesus. <laughs> he's like, yeah, because there's only one guy. If there's a group situation or gang situation, we'd grab the automatic ones. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> So we're all just standing. So at this point, we've got my, our two guns just leaning out the side of the ute. We've got a few handguns getting passed around. We've got an AR getting passed around, all in the middle of the parking lot of this hotel at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And um, so we're just yarning to them about, uh, 
you know what we're doing and type of shooting we do and, and that type of thing and then they're like oh you know far out when are you guys going home are you here tomorrow and we're like no 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 we're going home uh flying home tomorrow night we've got to leave for houston early in the morning and they're like oh that's a bugger like if you guys are here you seem like good guys we would have taken you to the range <clears throat> you know let you shoot all our um all our issued stuff like all our automatic guns and stuff like that he's like yeah we do that bloody heaps <laughs> i was like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> so they start whipping out all these videos instead of like he's like oh yeah here's my here's my grandma she's 96 and she was shooting a fully automatic whatever it was like you know <laughs> just hosing away at nothingness and he's like oh here's my four-year-old daughter shooting it and yeah she's hosing away with him holding it and he's like yeah no we could have uh we've got a pretty big ammo budget for this department like we could burn off a lot yeah <laughs> and I was, so they ended up giving us all their personal details like facebook and instagram stuff so they're like oh if you come back you know make sure you let us know in advance and we'll take we'll take you for a ride along for a night and take you for the range oh, for a that'd day be, and... that'd be scary but cool wouldn't it ride along <laughs> yeah <laughs> end up in a gunfight with them yeah oh you're gonna have they to help said... us you're like oh nah <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> how quickly do you want this to be over you can drag it out or make it real fast for you but um and yeah and the SWAT guy he's um he was like showing me these photos and videos he's like oh yeah I'm the one uh, whenever they have, um, we didn't even know University of Mississippi was there in Oxford at the time. They're like, oh, you know, old Miss is here. I was like, what? <clears throat> the university? And they're like, yeah, yeah, this is where, in Oxford. I was like, oh, yeah, shit. And he goes, yeah, because uh, obviously we've got, like, massive football stadium and we have, um, you know, like 100,000 crowds <clears throat> pile into these university games. He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm part of the, like, one of the six guys who are, on the one up in the light tower with the, with the rifle on Overwatch during all the games, I was like, "Oh, that's a cool job." He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> I've seen yeah, the yeah. training they do, and like out of when there's not a game on, obviously, and they put paper targets on the field. Yeah, yeah, and they shoot from the the roof and such and high angle stuff. Yeah, no, he showed me, he showed us videos of all of that. Yeah, and um, yeah, photos of him like posing when there is a game, like photos of him looking through the scope into the crowd. <laughs> like giving the camera the thumbs up and shit I'm yeah. like fuck hell. Yeah. <laughs> these guys are loose compared to New Zealand yeah. <laughs> and they were just so blasé about it and um yeah but good bastards like you know they were just they seemed genuinely interested in what we were doing and but in the competition shooting and stuff as well and then yeah the fact that they just whip it all out two in the morning, one thirty in the morning, whip out all these guns and just be like, "Here you go." I'm just like, "Oh, um, okay." <laughs> Is this a trap? <laughs> you're thinking if I grab that, will someone else shoot me? Yeah, or you've got your yeah. fingerprints are on it now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he took it off us. <laughs> so that was um, yeah, that was pretty cool. So that was probably the highlight of the trip, actually. So did that. That's got a couple a great of hours way to sleep. wrap it up. Yeah. Well, I got a couple of hours of sleep. Anyway, Fraser went to jump into his bed and there was um, he pulled back the duvet and he's like, oh, jeez, these sheets haven't been changed. I had a look and I was like, no, nah, there's been... Uh, they haven't been changed in about two months. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was piss stains and other stains and blood and all sorts of shit on them. And he was like, oh, God, so he, like, tucked up in one little corner of it. Just cursed me the whole night because of where I'd organised, you know, to stay. So, so we think, got of the money, think of the money you saved. 
Well, nothing actually, because oh. we'd actually we thought, oh, because Fraser's rental car um, had to be. He picked it up in Memphis. Was supposed to be dropped back in Memphis. Oh. So all weekend, I was like, man, you better get that rental car sorted. And yeah, for a drop off in Houston, and he didn't until we were like halfway back to Houston on the Monday morning. I was like, you got that rental car sorted? Eh? He's like, oh nah, I better ring them. So I rang them up and was like, oh, I'm changing my drop-off location for um, to Houston instead of Memphis. And they said, oh, okay, that'll be 750 US dollars. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, what? You mean 75 US dollars, eh? And they're like, no, no, it'll be 750 US dollars. <laughs> We're like, oh, fuck. Because we looked at flights from Memphis to Houston the day before, and they were like, 300 US dollars each? And we're like, nah, that's too expensive. Then it ended up costing us way more in rental car anyway, and we had to drive oh, 10 hours. So. Damn it. Uh, you got a good story out of it all. Yeah. yeah, we wouldn't have had that epic story if we if we flew. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we got back, no issue, got checked in. Obviously, a direct flight back from New Zealand from Houston back to Auckland. So um, that was easy. Check in normally with guns. Uh, no issues flying home. Um, long ass flight home. So. 15 hours, I think, from Houston direct back to, back to Auckland. So, I uh, landed at 6.30. Uh, so, we left there Monday night, got back to New Zealand 6.30 Wednesday morning because of the time loss. And, um, yeah, pretty tired <laughs> and pretty disappointed about the whole trip. So, and a, yeah, and a, and a sort of... We spent more time talking about shit other than the match, which is good because I hated the match in terms of the gun. Um, but yeah, that's, that was the US trip. Sounds and, fun. And and the conclusion with the bullets was yes. So, the, short, the short version. Dun dun dun. Yeah, so the short version. And now you want a short version? <laughs> oh, God, I've only been here for three hours. Great. Yeah. <laughs> So short short version is I brought back twenty with me, twenty from the US and I yep. had twenty still here from the New Zealand batch. So we took it to the workshop, Dan measured it all on the micrometer, like ten uh-huh. measurements on each projectile. We measured all twenty, like as it you'd like rotate it around. Yeah. Uh the free bore on my gun is six point one eight two millimetres. Yeah. Um the New Zealand stuff, the f- widest part of the projectile measured six point one seven three on average and all of them were pretty concentric. Like there was one that was they were called yeah. not quite round, and that was sort of like three microns out of round. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest side of it was one seven six. So still, heaps of room. Yeah, um, heaps of room in there. So the US stuff averaged point one seven six. So already three microns bigger, and we found three out of the twenty that were the smallest measurement was 172 and the biggest measurement was 180 and 181 on one of them so that's one micron not only are they not round the sort of oval those ones but the ones that are 180 and 181 that's one micron different to my free ball on my gun so for those wondering micro it's it's 0.001 millimeters that's a micron right so yeah you can't like Dan dialed that point one into the micrometer to, and he said, "Look through that gap." And I said, "What gap?" He said, "Exactly." <laughs> you know, it's 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 measurement, measurements that don't exist for normal people. 
Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm trying to jam the projectile into. And because it's oval, like it's going in and it's jamming up on one side, so it's like pushing the projectile in not straight either. So oh, one, yeah, one, it's not yeah, fitting, yeah. and two, yeah. it's on the piss. Yeah. So it's going down the bore, obviously out of shape and slightly you know and the, instead of the spinning on the nose it's spinning it's like in my, a slight spiral it's like me being fired out of a barrel out of shape yep yeah so one that explains why they wouldn't chamber so that uh, the three out of the 20 fits almost perfectly with what i was getting i was getting one to two every stage so that's hmm. three out of 20 yeah and the fact that the tight ones weren't going where they should have also makes sense because they would have been so you know far from yeah. being concentric and just spinning yeah. out of the barrel wherever they want and off they go. Um, that's what's happening. So that's basically the long and short of it. The quality control for that batch of ammo was shit. Yeah. Must have got the drunk guy off the American Whitetail line. Oh, they just probably sent us the seconds and were like, oh, can you shoot us from New Zealand? <laughs> no one even noticed. Yeah. Match. Match God. ammo. Well, whatever. <laughs> No, it sounds like, it, right. regardless, some hard luck on the ammo, but it still sounds like a fun trip. Um, yeah, yeah it wasn't too, wasn't too bad. Yeah, trip trip was good. Once again, good experience. Good to talk to a few guys over there. Um, you know, I was obviously would have been more motivated to speak to more people and yeah, um, have a better time if I'd done any good. But basically, by the end of Sunday, I wasn't that keen to. No. To, to talk anything guns with anyone I was wanted to get no, home so overly sociable yeah so yeah so as we as we came oh, I mean, so as I said in a uh, in a previous podcast um, man talk about extreme high from the week before at Aussie to like extreme low yeah far out it happens, but, um, yeah it's yeah, and then obviously we landed on the Wednesday, and then um, Saturday, Sunday, you've shot the Torada match. So, and you won five days. Yes, so back to you. back to back to being on high and <laughs> and uh, retired the retired the Creedmoor. No, actually, I wanted to shoot the Creedmoor for the Sparrowhawk match, but I went to um, I shot good for about twenty rounds when I was doing my data, and then went to shit. So I think the barrel was now dead. Yep. So we've pulled it off, but it's all that fuckery in the US with that ammo and wouldn't have helped yeah. with any. No, wouldn't. Hammering no. the bolt shut and stuff like that and firing projectiles that are on a weird angle sitting in the bore, but um, yeah, so yeah, that's that. No, awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Anthony, for coming on to the podcast again, and thank you, Graham, for um, everything you've done. <coughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was such a big help. Oh, it's, getting, it's getting late. And, well, uh, we've got a couple more minutes, so you'll be right. Um, so, yeah, um, I'll just quickly touch on, we did, I think we did five matches this year, Mark, did we? Super Steel, RT Long Range Challenge, P10 22, Tikarangi 22, and RT Winter Blast. Um, once again, all sold out events. Um, uh Everything's getting more expensive. There's a few more matches for people to spread their money around, and we still get a good turnout, a full turnout, um, which is not always the case for everyone. So thanks to everyone who's supported our matches this last year. Um, I think there was only five. Um, we didn't do Bowers Valley because we just couldn't be, couldn't be bothered, to be completely honest. We wanted some time off. Um, Boo! <laughs> yeah, even though Collie was 
<laughs> trying to make it happen in the background. Um, but yeah, uh, next year's start of the year is looking busy for us once again. Uh, Super Seal's sold out. Long Range Challenge is sold out. Um, so yeah, we'll see you all in the new year. And, uh, 22 final. And the 22 final, that's happening the week before thing that's yeah. running through GPRE. We're obviously mm-hmm. we're involved. But, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so again, thanks everyone for support this year. Podcast is like considering we're a little New Zealand podcast. It's actually pretty good. We've got like over twelve thousand downloads now. Um, yeah, and per, per day, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, well, you know, it costs, it costs two hundred dollars a year to host it, right? So just if we get a few downloads, it makes it worth the effort, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, so you'll hear from us all in the new year. So uh, see you all later. Yeah. What, what about the last closing point on our list of stuff to go through? I'm what looking forward oh. to that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes, we need Mark's <laughs> financial or dad advice. What do you got? My for financial you? advice. Well, money isn't everything, but it's well ahead of whatever second best. What's second best? Health. Oh, that's, that's the quote. Oh, it's a quote. Oh, we wanted advice. Like, don't buy a digger oh. that breaks down straight away. Oh, um, don't buy. It. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Don't buy an eight-ton digger that immediately shits all the oil on the ground after 30 minutes. He's like, I get a picture oh. like, check out my new digger. And then I get another angle of it's been moved. And then check out the oil leak. 140 grand soaking into the ground. Nice. <laughs> we will all learn from that. Yes. yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, there's the advice. Don't um, don't buy a digger, just hire a contractor. And all I right. bought it to dig trenches for the bloody competitions. Anyway. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. See you all later, guys. Yes, sir.